This is Review and Preview on The Wave, the sound of LIU. Good evening. It is Friday night, April 26th. Welcome to Review and Preview, folks. Night two of the NFL Draft. We are here live on liuwave.org. We are on Facebook Live. I am your host of the show, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Mike Dawes and Kyle Russo. We're looking forward to an action-packed two-hour blockbuster show here tonight. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Type in Review and Preview. Also, we do take callers. 516-299-2030 is our call-in number. Our podcast is now available on Google Podcasts and Overcast. And you can listen to our live podcast if you can't catch parts of the show tonight or the whole show. Tonight, around 10.30 p.m., it will be up on anchor.fm slash review and preview. Hit us, like us, subscribe, be there, and we'll be following you on. All right, so let's get right into the mix of things. The NFL draft began last night. It commenced Nashville, Tennessee, the site of this year's draft, and a very um, alarming draft this year. A lot of unique things happened, a lot of good things, a few bad things, a few mediocre things, and it all started out with the man that everybody thought was going number one, uh, Kyler Murray, uh, quarterback out of Oklahoma. This is the second straight year. Back-to-back top picks by Oklahoma at the number one overall pick. In fact, Oklahoma, guys, is the first school with back-to-back top picks ever at quarterback. Kyler Murray, this pick by the Arizona Cardinals. We'll talk about what it means for Josh Rosen in just a few moments, but number one overall, and this is now the eighth quarterback taken with a top pick since 2009 in a very... uh, defensive-oriented first, you know, top 10, 20 picks. Quarterback still goes number one. Uh, Let's evaluate this here. Kyle Russo, I will start with you. I like this pick for the Cardinals, especially with Kingsbury, Clingsbury. This guy tried recruiting Murray all throughout high school and college, and finally they are united as one over in the desert. It's a phenomenal pick. It's bottom line a phenomenal pick. He's the best player best offensive player in this draft and well-deserved to be picked at number one by the Cardinals, especially with the iffy season and terrible season that Josh Rosen had in his first season with the Cardinals. And now you see today, as the Arizona Cardinals have selected Kyler Murray, that Josh Rosen is amongst many teams to be traded eventually to. You saw one of those teams coming out, Miami Dolphins, potential outlook for Josh Rosen to further his career as an NFL quarterback. But no, for this Arizona Cardinals team, it was definitely the right move. It was the move they needed to make, and it's a great pick. Now, Mike, where do you think Murray could end up? I know, uh, not Murray, sorry, Rosen. We know Miami is looking for a quarterback. Denver with Flacco, maybe looking for a young guy yep. as well. well Den- Denver just drafted Drew Locke, so not Denver. Ooh, but. ooh this just in. Well, yeah, breaking news? Right. Yeah. Denver just drafted Drew Locke. So. breaking news, all right. But Miami, definitely a team. Miami's oh, definitely the Miami's team. Miami's definitely in play. You know, I mean, I feel like it will be Miami because who's their starter? Ryan Fitzpatrick? I mean, that's begging for a successor there. Mm-hmm. So I would say likely Miami, maybe like a sleeper team, like a like a Steelers or something. I don't know. That doesn't really make any sense. But yeah. I don't know. I can't even think of a sleeper team right now. No. Well, if you thought number one was good, 
Number two, in my opinion, this was the best pick of the of the night, the best value pick for sure. Nick Bosa, Ohio State Buckeye, goes. Oh, yeah. O-H. Yes, that people, is People correct. said I.O. at home for sure. <laughs> yeah. Ohio State Buckeye, the first Ohio State Buckeye off the board, selected by the San Francisco 49ers at defensive end. This is a good solidify, solidified wall tor- towards their defense. Not a fan of what Twitter had to make of him, but um, this is the best this is the best value pick in this first round in my opinion yeah i mean personally you know if you go big board he's probably you know number one like all things considered but uh i mean the niners just keep tacking on these defensive linemen yeah that, that's how you win around here so for yeah, sure love the pick sad to see nick bosa go from ohio state but very happy he's got that number two slate contract very happy for him the bosa's i mean that family. Did you, did you watch it? I mean, yeah. we're all like meatheads. It's very funny. I'm glad from two. You know, he joins a defensive line in D Ford. They just acquired uh, in the offseason. You also have DeForest Buckner, Arik Armstead. I mean, this is a young crew defensively. The third pick, the second best pick of this first round, in my opinion, Quinn Williams out of Alabama, defensive tackle. And this guy was on a lot of people's radars, and apparently – it was a known fact all week that the Jets were going to take him, according to uh, a number of credible sources. And the Jets earned a lot of praise for this pick. Uh, now, Mike, as a Jets fan, what does this mean to the future of Leonard Williams? Um, I think, you know, well, Leonard Williams does have the Jets are going to have to make a decision on a, uh, a lockup contract with him. This might mean they don't do that contract. But watching these two play together for the near future might be pretty electric because Leonard Williams is the best defensive lineman on the team. He's not all that great, in my personal opinion, but he's getting double teamed. This will help everyone on the defensive line, obviously, because yeah. Williams will demand two blockers. He is a massive human being. He was a beast, uh, yeah, and he was part of the reason why Alabama was able to uh, roar yeah. their way into the national championship game for another year. And this guy is one of the older of the picks in the first round. Love it. He'll be joining not just Leonard Williams, Steve McClendon, Henry Anderson. Got some big boys over there. That's some uh, good work on that defensive line. Good muscle. The fourth overall pick, this may have shocked a few heads, uh, including a couple Raiders fans in the stands at Nashville, but Clellan Farrell, defensive end out of Clemson, the first Tiger to come off the board now. Kyle Russo, Clellan Farrell was a fantastic defensive lineman for the Clemson Tigers this season en route to the national championship. And what do you think this does for Oakland, a defense that just lost Khalil Mack last season and, you know, John Gruden trying to rebuild maybe? I think that's – you know what it is? With John Gruden as your coach, you never know what's going to happen. You really just don't know what's going to happen. In my opinion, I thought the lock was Josh Allen. I think it was a godsend that he fell to him. And even not uh, even not Josh Allen, maybe even Devin White, but I mean Cleland Farrell. Maybe that's their that maybe that's their guy, maybe that's their guy, and maybe they felt that because their next pick wasn't uh, until pick number twenty four. Maybe they felt that they weren't going to be able to get him, so they got him there. But uh, he's definitely a great player. I don't think he was the best player on the board. I think he still maybe even would have been there at twenty four. But it's a good pick, and if that's their guy, then that's their guy. And listen, Mike Mayock, first time GM, he's been with the NFL Network for years. Doing scouting, mock drafting. He's he's been doing this for years, so maybe he sees something in him that they could potentially build the defense around. So uh, I don't know, but it, it's a good pick. I think I think it's just too high for number four. Yes, 
Now, it was definitely the first surprise of the night. It was. I will say. There was also a surprise a couple of picks later on. But first, let's get to number five, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Devin White. Best linebacker in the draft out of LSU. Yeah. This man was fantastic. A lot of people argued him to be the best pick of the night. Uh, straight home from Louisiana, had a very impressive 40-yard dash for a linebacker. And he was fantastic, a junior out of LSU. Had a pretty high prospect grade. Uh his broad jump was really high as well. Yeah. And, you know, this this guy, I think it's a great pick for Tampa Bay. If you remember uh, correctly, I mean, they, yeah, they have Levante David. And, you know, they have a couple of backers. But um, this is much needed on a Tampa Bay defense that did struggle at times last season. If you look at the beginning of that season where the Fitz magic was happening, they were scoring like 40, 50 points, but they were giving up about the same. Yeah. Which, quite frankly, as Kyle Russo would say, quote-unquote, that's a problem. That's a problem. Now, the following pick is a pick that many people view as a problem, and I think all three of us here in the studio view this pick as a problem. At least we could agree on that. Now, I just want to let you guys know, before we dive more into this, we will have more time to analyze the Giants and Jets picks in the following segment as well. Mm -hmm. But we're going to talk about this for a while. Daniel Jones was selected out of Duke. Daniel Jones, a redshirt junior, six foot five. Um, the Senior Bowl MVP. Uh, now, apparently, Dave Gettleman, a lot of people thought the Giants would take either Josh Allen, Ed Oliver, or possibly even Dwayne Haskins in this spot. But you're right there, Mike? Contact is on fire currently. So Mike will adjust that. So me and Russo will uh, spear the head on this one here. Right, right, right rightfully so. Um I don't think this was a good pick at number six. I really don't. Uh, I think this was a reach. Uh, however, Kyle, there was rumors that the Giants did not think Jones would be available at number 17. Uh, Apparently somebody was going to take him, maybe Miami. The only team that I could possibly think of that could have been interested is the New England Patriots. And, again, you saw that they weren't even interested in quarterbacks because they had the opportunity to draft one. Instead, they took Nikhil Harry at the top of the first round to end off the draft last night. For this Giants team, man, this is the worst possible pick that could have happened. Because, and I, and I know we'll analyze it a little later. I don't want to jump into it right away, but this—he wasn't even the best quarterback on the board. I don't even think he was the third best quarterback on the board, to be honest with you. I think Drew Locke is ahead of him. I think Kyler Murray is ahead of him. I, I think Dwayne Haskins is definitely ahead of him. He did not have success in college, a below 500 record. Through under 60% completion percentage, 52 touchdowns in three seasons, a lot of interceptions, and I know he didn't have the talent around him. He went to Duke, no problem. But if you're that great of a quarterback, you make with what you have, and you excel in that offense, especially because he played for four years in that offense. You learn to adjust and build every single year, and he stayed the same constant below average 20 touchdowns, 10 interceptions for three straight years. He never improved. And now we're hearing rumors out today that Dave Gettleman is saying that we may look to run the uh, Favre-Rogers combo where we sit Daniel Jones, a four-year rookie contract with the sixth overall pick. We sit him for three of those years behind Eli Manning, which makes it even worse. But it's it's just not good. It's not good. And I think the worst part of the situation is what that says to me is you're wasting Saquon Barkley's career. 
I think that's what that says to me. I think uh, I have a couple of comments on this. Um, full disclosure, I would have drafted Josh Allen at number six. I would have too. If we were, if we, if you're not going Haskins, you draft the best defensive player. Also, but, uh, I'm a Haskins guy. I agree with that Josh Allen statement. But I am not crazy going over taking Daniel Jones in either direction. When you find your quarterback, you go get him. Plain and simple. Uh, was Daniel Jones a number six overall pick in the 2019 NFL draft? No. But there's no guarantee Jones would have been there at 17. And that did strike some fear in the Giants. Would fans rather have traded up to get him later in the draft, though, probably resulting in losing a first-round draft pick next year? Can we think about that for a second? Because that very well might have been. Because you're talking about trading into the top 10 to 15 if the Giants waited. Because clearly, this was the guy that they wanted. I don't this, know why. This was their guy. I don't know. But do you see the point that I'm making? The Giants, I, there might have been a big sacrifice that was taken if they waited till 17? I do understand if you like a guy and he's your guy, you have to get him. Because if you're not drafting your guy, then what are you doing? But what makes this their guy? Like I nothing on paper statistically oh. shows that this guy is better than anybody at his position in this draft. And I don't understand what makes him so valuable in their eye. Like, the fact that you have to make a statement saying you're willing to sit your sixth overall pick for three years means tough. that you that's even long, know that he's not time. even good enough to start an NFL game. My thing is this. To all the fans, you you were one of the fans rushing to get Eli out of town. I know. Now you're happy. You got him for three more what years. Are, Congratulations. What are you exactly <laughs> upset about? Because we drafted this is Eli what you wanted. Ex- no, you wanted no. us to draft a quarterback, and we drafted a quarterback at number six. We didn't go defense. We drafted. They drafted a quarterback. How, 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 how are you Giants, mad at that? The New York Giants drafted a worse version of Eli Manning. Looks Ooh, like Eli Manning. Acts like Eli Manning. Like Eli Manning. Uh, I 1,000% disagree with you on this statement, but we will get to this in our next segment. So, um... You, you, you can hold your breath there for a few minutes, pal. Must tune in so when we bad. go into that. Uh, number seven. <laughs> Excellent work, Kyle Russo. The pick the Giants probably should have had at six, when just one pick later, Josh Allen out of Kentucky. Probably one of the best value picks uh, in the first round. Number eight overall, the Lions select tight end out of Iowa. Fun fact, there were two tight ends selected out of Iowa in the first round. I couldn't believe that. How does a team like Iowa get two first-round tight ends even, like, I don't get and it. And nothing else. I just don't. And I nothing. did not. That was one of the if oddest things I've ever tight seen. tight ends go in the first round, they usually come out of Notre Dame. Usually, yeah. <laughs> or Alabama. You cannot argue yeah. with that. Arizona. Um, yeah. Thanks, guys. But <laughs> TJ Hackinson out of Iowa, this was a fantastic pick. I don't at think number for that, eight overall. This I don't was think for that team. I don't think fan. so. I don't think for that team. Well, I mean, the they're Lions, not a good football they, team. They don't but... have any defense. Like, their defense is like, if you remember in, like, the early teens, 2010, 2013, 2014, they couldn't win a game because their defense was so bad. And, like, their offense really isn't that horrible. They got Kenny Galladay. They have Marvin Jones, Matthew Stafford. The offensive line is pretty solid. They have a solid running back core. They got a couple guys. But that defense is horrible. And their best defensive player, Ezekiel Anza, is still on the market at free agency. Kyle Russo. Yep. That defense is horrible. That defense has three players that used to start for us in Devon Kennard, Damon Snacks Harrison, Romeo Okwara. Not to mention they also got Darius. I mean, they, they, and they, got, they just signed Trey Flowers from New England. Their defensive line looks set to me. You can make the argument that maybe they should have went in the secondary, but come on. Look who they have on offense. They're skilled players. 
after losing Ebron, after losing Tate a year or two ago, carry on Johnson starting at running back. I'm really excited about that. Marvin Jones Jr., Danny Amendola, Kenny Galloway, but your tight end is Jesse Jones. Jesse James. But Jesse James, is, listen, he was James. good with the Steelers. But again, I think... You know who their third string tight end is? You want to talk about getting players from the Giants? Jerome Cunningham, who came out of Pretty Division nice. Two Southern Connecticut State, 89 miles up the road in New Haven, Connecticut. Silence. <laughs> listen, apparently people no had people had TJ Hawkinson as one of the best players, best offensive players in this draft. And rightfully so. And rightfully so. He's very athletic. Some of his highlights are absolutely incredible. But for the Lions, I guess it's a fit. I, be, it's probably due to the lack of safety depth because that's probably their weakest area on that defense. Maybe even the corners because all they have is Darius Slay at the corner. But that's probably the reason why. But TJ Hawkinson is a great offensive player. There's no doubt about it. I just would have liked to see a defensive player yeah. added on to this Detroit team. The ninth overall pick was Ed Oliver out of Houston. Phenomenal pick. Great pick for Buffalo. Uh Filling in the void for Kyle Williams, who retired this season. Mm-hmm. Uh, one man out, next man in. Great pick. He'll be there for a long time. Yeah, and I really like Ed Oliver as well. Houston is a school that does not get as much promotion out of their draft picks. But Ed Oliver, big kid, you know, I mean, your standard defensive tackle, 6'2", 290. Uh, selected ninth overall in this year's draft. And um, Mike, Ed Oliver actually quoted, I have found my home. In bu- in Buffalo, as as a uh, Jets fan, does that uh, get you thinking a little bit? Yeah, I didn't love that he uh, fell the nine to the division rival, but I mean that that defense is good. You know, the Bills aren't great, but that defense is pretty good. So adding adding Ed Oliver is just nice. I thought it was a very nice addition, and you know they're going to be a, they're going to be one of those scrappy teams that win six, seven games and win some games they're not supposed to at all. Well, look, I'm going to tell you this. Ed Oliver had a pretty good season last year. Um, 14 and a half tackles for a loss as a junior. So That's amazing. And also 13 and a half career sacks in three seasons as a defensive tackle. That's not bad at all either. Yeah, a Ter- defensive tackle on Houston who gets like probably all the attention. So that, that <laughs> is very impressive. One of the biggest moves in this first round was the Pittsburgh Steelers trading to the number 10 overall spot. They get Devin Bush, linebacker out of Michigan, trade from Denver. Mike, I know you love this pick. Loved it. Um, as a Michigan Wolverine. And of then course. the Broncos in return get the 20th overall pick, the 52nd, and a 2023rd round pick. Uh, Devin Bush and Devin White. Um, the Devins, double Devin, double yeah. D at linebacker in, the, in this top 10. Uh, I am not surprised that two linebackers went in this top 10. Uh, I am also not surprised that two quarterbacks went in this top 10. And realistically, you look, you had two quarterbacks, you had two linebackers, you had one tight end, and then, I mean, you basically had four defensive linemen. You want to talk about Bosa, Williams, Farrell, and Oliver. And then number 11 was Jonah Williams, best offensive tackle in this draft guy that a lot of people were looking at and then Rashawn Gray went to the Packers at 12 Miami took Christian Wilkins I don't know if I was a fan of that pick but he did play at Clemson and he was a hog yeah in the middle he was big guy and then Chris Lindstrom at a Boston College and then uh, Lindstrom went number 14 to the Atlanta Falcons here's where it gets interesting Dwayne Haskins selected 15 overall by the Washington 
red skins. And when the Giants bypassed on Dwayne Haskins, he was smirking. And that goes to show no. it's a good thing you don't draft him. Not at all. That's a bad take. How is that a bad take? Why? So it's he, a hot take. So it is no, a hot take. No, it's not even. But like, so he should be. He shouldn't feel anything for take. being passed over. I know. You, you know, you're live on national television. You don't do that. No, someone recorded him doing that. That wasn't live I on know. TV. But I, it doesn't matter. I feel like. And the then emotion. he quoted the league done messed up. You just got into Good, the NFL. I love that. Who do you think you are? He's not quoting. The league. He's, he's not a nobody. Saying, he's not saying the league. He's not a nobody. He's, he's pointing directly. <laughs> Daniel at Jones the is a nobody. Look, I'm, I'm sorry. And Odell Beckham is starting to uh, comment on people uh, about he uh, Haskins joining the Odell Beckham Giants revenge tour. I'm sorry. Good. Dwayne Haskins Good. had no affiliation with the Giants. Giants what fans he did. whole life. He worked out for them a couple of weeks. Well, Giants fans whole life. I guess that's the affiliation. Yeah, but he was happy to be drafted by Washington. No, oh, he, was, he looked depressed. Well, I feel like, you know, they're Dwayne happy to be Haskins drafted. Dwayne Haskins is just as much of a nobody right now as Daniel Jones. That is Because that is they true. both went in round no, one. They're both rookies, true. and they both worked out for teams. Well, actually, and one of them broke every single college football record. And one yeah, of them and one of them won their nothing. conference, and one of them One of them torched played That does defenses. not always translate into NFL success. I didn't say it would. I'm saying he's not a nobody if he wins the Big Ten. That's an important conference. Daniel Jones, starting quarterback out of the ACC, graduated college in three and a half years. I don't care. That's irrelevant. He's not that good. Well, we'll, we'll get into He's that. never stepped on a football field. Who? Daniel he, Jones? Daniel Jones has never stepped on an NFL football field. Oh, okay. You said football field. But, no, he certainly has not. That is a factual statement. And he won't be for the next three and years. Pe- so. And people are, are already quoting that Mo is going to play 15 years in, in this. That, that's his middle name, Dwayne Mo Haskins. Oh. I've I wouldn't. I really wouldn't doubt it. I really would not doubt it. You know, it. you were right. holding this guy by the finger the whole time, and you don't even know his middle name. Because and the, I and I and I do. He's supposed. He's the best. Dos is he not the best quarterback in this draft? Maybe besides Murray. Besides Murray. That I'm going to be a biased answer, but best. Like when I picture quarterback, I picture big, gunslinging quarterback, and that's Dwayne Haskins. Accurate. Very accurate. A winner. He's a winner. Percentage. A winner. And does, Dwayne does Haskins, make mistakes? Dwayne Haskins had a fantastic season with Ohio State. Oh yeah. This was excellent work by the Buckeyes. Uh, unfortunately, they cannot pound their way into the national championship game. But I'm just going to say this: Northwestern. What about Northwestern? He didn't look good in that game. It's one what? Game. They won the game by like double digits. I'm pretty sure. I, I'm just saying, if you, I don't know where you. I would like to look up his stats for that game. They did not play well against some lower schools that they who cares. They also Should've didn't have a Daniel de- they didn't Jones. have a defense either. They Ohio, have a defense. State. Ohio State's defense got torched on they big plays all season. Defense. It was very embarrassing. I will say that. Maybe there's a reason why he got dropped to number fifteen because there was teams that could have picked a quarterback as well. Miami needed one and they and they didn't take him. They're tanking for Tua. They said that <laughs> lose by twenty nine to Purdue. What do you think about that? I don't care. It's one game. So we're going to judge his whole career because he lost to Purdue? What about Daniel Jones or any of these quarterbacks? Well, below 500 record. I mean, this is unbelievable. We're going to nitpick. More than 25 this touchdowns. is such a nitpick. Guess he throws what? nine it's picks. It's not always about stats. Nobody, it's nobody stats. with knowledge will not look at that. You have you have to look at the film. You you can't just look at stats. It's, the film will the film show shows he's touchdowns. better. The film shows that Daniel Jones is also a very efficient. Quarterback, and that's what he was at Duke. He was a fifty-nine percent completion percentage. Guess what? It's not always about numbers, guys. I and that's a lot of mistakes that millennials make nowadays. It's all about numbers and what's on paper. That's not always the case. I think Jones has potential 
more potential than Haskins to develop yes. into a long-term leader. Ugh. Why? Because because Haskins was laughing because someone didn't pick him. That's just a normal reaction. I know. I don't get why we're ripping him for that. You guys are the ones ripping Daniel Jones because he's Be, no. He's, hold on, hold on. I don't want to rip Daniel Jones. Even though I don't think he's going to be that great. But you know, you never know. But I'm just ripping the Giants for like, making a. It seems like you, a bonehead decision at the point. How can you take a guy that you could genuinely say? That we may sit him for three years at the number six overall pick. How can you say that? This guy reminds me of Peyton Manning, guys. No, he reminds me of e- worse Eli. Daniel Jones reminds you of Peyton Manning? <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Oh, oh my that's god, in, that's he has. That might shot. be the craziest thing said on the show. He he has a shot to be great. You know who sure, his pro comparison shot. was? Ryan Tannehill. You know who Dwayne Haskins was? Dan Marino. Okay, so, there you go. So Accurate. number sixteen, the Panthers select Barrett Burns. Number seventeen, the Giants Brian Burns. Brian Burns from Florida State linebacker and uh number 17 the giants selected dexter lawrence defensive tackle out of clemson now i ask you guys this question who's the biggest steal of the first round now obviously guys later on you talked about the titans selecting jeffrey simmons uh i think that simmons is the biggest question mark of this first round because of the disturbing footage selected at number 19 by the tennessee titans uh, he should have not gotten drafted. A lot of the times these things happen before these players are in the NFL. They've established credibility in the NFL, and it's hard to keep them out. It's hard to pass up on talent. It's very unfortunate as that is and ethically wrong. It's something teams and organizations do because you got to keep up with competition. And it's very unfortunate, and I don't agree with it, but sadly it's, it's, a, it's a business. It's a business before a team. But uh, I gave my biggest question mark, Kyle, Kyle Russo, Mike Dawes, Who's your biggest steal of Big, the first round? Biggest steal is 100 million percent Montez Sweat. It's 100 percent. They oh, got him the 26th overall pick. And if that's really a misdiagnosis, misdiagnosis with a heart condition, if that never happened, he's a top 10 pick. Oh, yeah. He's right. going in the top 10. Now, we're not going to run through every single pick of the first of round because, of course, we got to get through other stuff. We only have a two hour show, but. Also, Andre Dillard, number 22 for the Philadelphia Eagles. That was definitely a good pick. Out of Washington State. I think the Eagles traded up to get that pick. Yeah, they My did. My steal of the first round is the Chargers getting Jerry, T- Jerry Tillery, mm-hmm. defensive tackle out of Notre Dame. I think this guy has the potential to be really great. Yeah. Uh, he was the first Golden Domer taken in this draft. And, the only one. <laughs> Had to say it. And, Til- <laughs> and Tillery, and Tillery is really he was part of the reason why that Notre Dame defense was so successful. This guy's six foot six inches tall. He played all four years of college, which is something you'd love to see. And I think he's going to do great things for these Los Angeles Chargers. So I would say my steal of the draft would be, I would probably say Jonah Williams. When you can get the best lineman in the draft at, what was it, 11? The Bengals got him? Yeah, 11. Yeah. That's that's to me a good because I think tackles, he has a lot of question though. Yeah, but like the way I look at the best linemen usually go top three, one usually usually the tackles. But okay. to get him at eleven, I feel like that's a pretty good move. Mm-hmm. Sure. So. So yeah, I I think we all make good statements here, Kyle Rousseau, uh, and then of course the Giants take DeAndre Baker at number thirty, and I think this was a good move. I think this was a, a great move because clearly. It seems like he really was the best cornerback in this draft. As you see guys starting to fall, Greedy Williams has fallen. To Cleveland. Uh, Byron Murphy went in the second round as well. Rockies, so, yeah. And DeAndre Baker, the only cornerback to go in this first round. At number 30, 
Uh, the Giants gave up their 37th overall pick, 132nd, and 142nd. And, guys, this cornerback, DeAndre Baker out of Georgia, he played with Lorenzo Carter, current Giants pass rusher, who was a rookie last year. He also won the 2018 Jim Thorpe Award. Saying something, this guy is going to be great. He's going to be a day-one starter. We'll talk more about these Giants and Jets picks in depth um, when we come back from a commercial break. But for now, I will end it with Pat Mahomes, Madden Curse, Madden 20, the cover, yes. led by Patrick Mahomes. As that's scary. Only your third year in the NFL already on cover Madden. League I mean, MVP. D- deserves yeah. it for sure. Yeah. But Unbelievable. Let's see if he can still have that same level of success next year. When we come back, we will talk more NFL draft and analyze these picks. You're listening to Review and Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. Draft night and Friday night. Oh, yes. Welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Kyle Russo, Mike Dawes. Reminder, listen to our show, liuwave.org. Watch us on Facebook. And our call number is 516-299-2030 as we have a caller who is about to take part in our live show. Uh, Before we ring him up here, uh, a crazy first segment. We talked about a lot of these picks and, man, this Jeffrey Simmons thing, we'll talk about it if we really think he deserves to be in the NFL for just a second. But we do have a caller. Caller, please state your name and where you are from. Hi, Tom. It's uh, Hank from Westchester. Hank, how's it going? Pretty good. How about you? I am doing fine. Now, uh, you are a Giants fan, and we had you call into our show a few weeks ago. And I definitely want to hear your takes on these Giants picks. Now, um, we were actually uh, we actually met up to Tuesday night in Connecticut, and you know we were talking about who the Giants might take. And I know you were you were pretty upset they didn't take Josh Allen at number six. Correct. I really thought that Josh Allen could have been a serious game changer for our defense. And I've been saying a million times that one of one of if not the biggest weakness for the Giants was the defense. Yeah. And I, I, and you'll notice how the defense, the weakness that I was going to say has nothing to do with Eli. I mean, I'm not saying he was perfect, but he's not as bad as people make him out to be, but I'm going to get to that. Right. With that said, I want to say, here, here's my take on the um, Daniel Jones pick. Yeah, I didn't really like it, and I would agree it's not a great move, and I thought we could have waited until round 17, and who knows? He possibly still might have been available today, even if we didn't take him at 17. But with that said, am I, like, upset that he's on the team? No, not necessarily. I think, honestly, you made a great point. He does have potential to maybe be a decent quarterback that we didn't expect. But, honestly, I don't know. I just think it was a big reach. And But as far as the other picks go... What was, the, what was the guy's name? Dexter, um, Dexter Lawrence. Dexter Lawrence. Dexter Lawrence. Dexter Lawrence was not a bad pick at all. And I, what was the other guy? DeAndre I'm Baker. Sorry, I'm Baker and Lawrence were not bad picks at all, though. No, I, I, I think those were great picks. And, you know, you talk about the need to get a pass rusher. That probably should have happened at six, but it didn't. And we have Daniel Jones. And, look, 
Once upon a time, the Giants selected Phil Simms, number seven overall, out of Moorhead State. Everyone wanted to bash that, too. Now, my thing is this. When, when you're looking at Lawrence, you can't pass up on this guy. As much as you want a pass rusher, Lawrence can rush the passer. He can stop the run. And, Hank, talk about how important it is to get depth on that defensive line, which is something they were lacking before this pick. Oh, I completely agree. I think you're not going to be able to play Dalvin Tomlinson every minute in every game. And here's how I look at um, at Dexter Lawrence. He's basically another snap, is what I think of him. Yeah. I think having depth on defense is really going to help them. Because, like I said, that was one of their biggest weaknesses all of last year. It really was. And, you know, you look late in the season, we couldn't stop the run. We couldn't stop the pass. We couldn't stop anything. And now... Uh, this DeAndre Baker guy out of Georgia. Now, he played with Lorenzo Carter at Georgia, and he is expected to be an immediate week one starter if his oh, wow. camp if, if his camp goes well. Yeah, that's what word is on the street. How true is that? You know, you don't know until you, you, you get on the field. But overall, I say the Giants did not have a bad night at all. You know what? All things considered, I tend to agree, despite the fact that I'm still kind of skeptical about Daniel Jones, Jones. but uh, Daniel Jones, yeah. But like you said about Phil Simms, we'll, we never know. Right. And defense was definitely the key uh, in this draft for the Giants and for ma- majority of teams. But um, what is one thing that you think Daniel Jones, because I know a lot of people are knocking him, but your quarterback is there. You got him finally. What is one thing Daniel Jones brings to the table that other quarterbacks don't? Oh, well, I think, you know, he learned – I've heard that he was like – he learned, he knows Eli Manning and Peyton, right? Yes. Is that like one of the things I heard? So I think the fact that you have him learning under Eli Manning, that could really help them. And I, I think he would be more willing to learn under Eli Manning than other quarterbacks for a year or two at least because now you're groomed as where other quarterbacks would love to just step in right, right away. And I think – Having Daniel Jones, this could potentially be an easier transition than selecting other quarterbacks. Yeah, I I completely agree with that. I, I agree. I think maybe you let him you let him go under Eli Manning for a few years, and hey, who knows? Maybe if if things go wrong this season, maybe he comes in as an emergency starter. We'll see. Guys, thoughts for Hank? I, I have some thoughts. I have a. I have a lot of thoughts, but we don't have I time, feel but. like we're, not me, people here in red shirts are, you're painting Dwayne Haskins to be a monster. This guy is well, not this, a monster. This he is he my, would not demand to start if he's on the Giants. This is my think. thing, and Hank, you just listed it off. Tom asked you what was one advantage that every other guy doesn't have that he has. And you said Daniel Jones and the connection that he will have learning under Eli Manning. Any quarterback that yeah. the Giants drafted would have that opportunity. Yeah, I don't think right. it matters what Every, passing it doesn't matter. Too. So my my concern is for the Giants at number six. Why do you make it so difficult for yourself and not just pick almost the certain guarantee in a Josh Allen or the better quarterback by statistic at least body build and everything, Dwayne Haskins? Why do you take that risk at potentially a pick that could set you back? For five years. Oh, this doesn't work out. This, this is the type of pick that gets everyone fired. This yeah, doesn't now, work out. Now, here's the thing. I can, as much as I didn't like that pick, I see what he did. 
I mean, Dave Gettleman did it because he probably thought that he was going to lose out on uh, Daniel Jones later on in the round. Now, does that necessarily mean I agree with Dave Gettleman's logic? No. In fact, if it were up to me, I probably would have taken Haskins at six. If I mean, okay, let me rephrase that. I probably would have taken Haskins at six if I were, like, say, forced to get a quarterback. You guys know what I mean? Correct. Yeah. So I I get the logic behind Gettleman's decision. I just don't agree with it. Yeah. Well, look, and we both agree with you guys. We, we think Gettleman's a bad GM. The reason why he was brought in was because the Giants were desperate and they wanted somebody familiar with the system to come back and really make this successful. But, Hank, any final thoughts on these Giants? I, I think they're going to be better than a lot of people are making them out to be. Yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people are saying, like, two wins or three wins. No, I think that's stretch. I said before the draft, like, maybe between five to seven. I still see maybe six or seven, but you know what? I would be more than happy if they proved me wrong. Yeah, I, I think this team is better than it was a month or two ago. But we'll see what happens yeah. the rest of this draft. All right, Definitely. Hank. Thank you very much. Hey, Tom, thanks again for having me on your show. Awesome. Appreciate thanks, it, Hank. Tom. Have a good night, Hank. No problem. That was Hank and Dichter from Westchester, New York. So, um, Hank, you know, Hank's a big Giants fan, and he, he always brings up good points to the table, uh, regardless of what his opinions are, and that's why we like having Hank on the show. He, he, he really sparks a light um, in the world of sports. That was a good call. Yeah, it was. It was good. Uh, it's always good. Now, before we talk about this, Quinn and Williams – there's really no argument here. This was a great pick for the Jets. There's really nothing else to say. I haven't heard it anyone bash this pick. Line. No, I haven't heard you can't. He's but arguably the best player in the draft. You, you, you can't argue. You also it. cannot absolutely tear apart this Daniel Jones pick. Why? Yes. You have to move on. You can't. It's over with. I mean, how look, can Tom? How can you move on when you have to see this guy's face on your roster for arguably the next? At least three because years, because I don't even know if he'll play a game for us, a, to be honest. You are a professional adult, and that's what you are <laughs> expected to do. And this 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 guy, you have not given him a chance at all. You have not given him a chance. And taking Daniel Jones at six completely proves my point that Eli might be our starting quarterback for the next three years. Oh, so what I, you're I saying is that Dave Gettleman, <laughs> Pat Shermer, and this John Mayer are stupid. That's what you just said. No, they're they're not stupid. You're planning on Eli Manning playing till 42. Yeah, and that's I think ridiculous. they. Well, that look, is ridiculous. That's not exactly what I'm quote unquote planning on, but it's it if it works. A lot of people forget last year was Eli's first year in that in that offense. The reason why people keep blaming Eli Manning for no reason because last year he was not the number one source of fault. It's easy to blame the quarterback, but consistently enough. The offensive line was so bad the first eight weeks that people just got tired of blaming them. But when you're mixing and matching guys like that week in and week out, of course there's going to be no chemistry. So let of me, course. Let me throw and this up th- then. This has nothing to do with the quarterback Because the position. Giants, again, ridiculously. I like Dexter Lawrence as a player, but I thought Juwan Taylor would have been a steal. And then they traded back into the first round. They drafted a cornerback. Again, Juwan Taylor would have been a steal. The same argument's going to be thrown up when we're talking about in September when they don't have a solid right tackle. And your argument is, oh, their offensive line is still not fixed. No, Eli is just not good. They had three first-round picks. You still didn't address the offensive line. Not only is that a big shot at Eli Manning, not trying to help him out again, but now Saquon Barkley, second-year player, 
You don't help him at all. Again. How do you mean you don't help Eli out? They signed Golden Tate. Well, they, how does that help protect him? They signed, they traded for Kevin Zeitler. Okay. And you have John Halapio coming back, who played a game and a half last season. Okay. You have another year of Nate Solder, who's doing a lot better. This proves the Giants believe in Eli Manning. The Giants believe in Eli Manning. Let them believe. they believe in Daniel Jones, and they are giving him an opportunity that nobody else will be willing to accept the fact that Daniel Jones deserves to be in the NFL. He deserves to get a chance. Not That's at the all I'm round. saying. Not at six overall. I'm not disagreeing not in the New York with Giants you there. Uniform. I am not disagreeing with you there. I'll that, be honest with you. I don't even know if he'd be drafted in the second round, to be honest. I really don't. Well, guess what? Then this is a different scenario because you have to evaluate what some of your biggest needs are. You said their biggest need was a quarterback. They drafted the worst one. What did they do with the number six overall pick? They went out and they got a a quarterback. He was not the worst one. Who was the worst one? You're telling me some guys like Trace McSorley. Okay, no, 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 no. I'm talking about the core four. I'm talking about Daniel Jones, Kyler Murray, Dwayne Haskins, Drew Locke. Daniel Jones is the bottom of that list. He's the bottom of that list. There's no argument. Will Greer. Kyler, oh, you're I'm not, talking about the core four. Will Greer. No, I'm talking about the core four. And hold on, yeah, but Will Greer should be in there as well. They, not if he doesn't get should, if he doesn't get taken be... in the second round. Then why does he deserve to be in there? If he doesn't taking if he's not taken in the top if he's not taken the fourth round, I'm talking about the quarterbacks that have already been drafted because those are the core. Tom four. Brady, sixth round pick. Oh, but you look look what happened. Phil Simms, n- n- number seven overall Jeez, pick. Jeez, man. Do you understand why the thought process? Behind why the Giants might, I don't have think anybody thought. understands it. I don't think any because there's no explanation. People because on understand paper he's not better. Physically, he's not better. Okay, and Dave Gettleman even took a shot at him by saying that we're okay with sitting him for three years because if he was really that good and you believed in him so much and he started at four years of college, which you love, he should already be NFL ready. And if he's not NFL ready in four years. That he should be NFL ready one year into his NFL career, not three. Well, they 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 do think that he's NFL ready. Then why they, isn't he starting do, the season? Because you why have a, a fantastic leader on your oh team in Eli Manning. That can't and play this football is where it anymore. all dates back to. This is where it all dates back to because Eli did not have a terrible year last year, oh. and you refuse to admit it because of your Odell Beckham Jr. bias and the reason why that he's off the team and Eli is still on. You know what this, why? A because wise man once said, I'm a cancer to a team that's okay with losing. Dash Odell Beckham Jr. And we're this not pick okay only with losing. Odell Beckham does, Jr. was does, the reason why we were losing. He was part of the reason why we were losing. If you're saying you're okay with sitting your sixth overall pick for three years of a four-year rookie contract, that says what? What does that say? That says you're okay with letting development go by. You're okay with letting Saquon whoa, Barkley go to whoa. that. What did Drew Brees and Brett Favre do? They still won when Phillip Rivers and Aaron Rodgers were sitting behind them. They sat they behind them for one. Drew Brees sat behind Philip Rivers Rogers for two years. Sat for three years. They weren't drafted in the number six. Rogers was drafted top of the first round, twenty-five. Same thing with Drew Brees. He was drafted we're not, thirty. We're, we're not arguing where they picked him. We're arguing now that he's on the team. And how can you and compare? He has a shot to be. How great. can you compare? He has a shot. How do you compare Brett Favre to Eli Manning? There's not even a question. And how do you compare Philip Rivers to Eli Manning? I still think there's no question. Who you take in that scenario? Wow, you look you're at, so delusional. I'm not delusional. That you, it's blatantly you obvious. Said, it's blatantly how is obvious. It blatantly obvious. You look at a guy that's how throwing touchdowns obvious? and that's accurate, that's competing for MVPs. Well, we're looking at Eli Manning, who can barely get to 25 touchdowns, didn't get to 25 touchdowns, and we I consider just a good season. Why? Why? And I hate to keep using excuses, but it 
There's it's, no excuse. That's the it, thing. There is no excuse for his production. Well, of course. There's no he's excuse. He's going to say there's no excuse, and I'm not making excuses for him. But you need to realize, you need to realize that sometimes it's the people around you as well. And we've known this for the past 15 years. We've known this for the past 15 How years. How much more talent do you want to give this man on offense? How much more talent do you want to give him? He's had some of the talent, most talented players play with him. Nothing. No production. Nothing. Below average. What are you talking about? He's thrown for over 4,000 yards in his career for a lot of, a lot of these seasons. Guess what? Six and, and ten. Fun, Six and, and ten. Fact, Five and you, eleven. You want to talk about stats and not film? Three and thirteen. You want, you want to talk about stats and not film? Daniel Jones, 131.7 quarterback rating last year at Duke. What a 59% completion percentage and 20 touchdowns so and 11 what, interceptions. That's what the transition makes. This offense is designed to utilize Jones' skill set and translate it into a higher completion percentage that in makes the NFL. Sense. That makes sense if your quarterback that you're learning under is Drew Brees, who has a 70% completion percentage. Eli Manning percentage. is one of the best quarterbacks to learn on. Eli Manning has a 60% completion percentage career-wise. He's not, This is the worst guy to possibly learn under because How? it'll How? stay stagnant. How is he the worst you know guy to learn? possibly learn He'll under? He'll learn leadership. He won't learn anything more. Eli Manning is practically the same player. You said it. Eli Manning takes shots Daniel down Jones the, the all same the time. No, he all, doesn't. All are time. you kidding me? What are you talking about? How many the passes offense? did he have for more than 25 yards last season? Well, Zero. Maybe, maybe because Zero. if he had a line in front of him to block for him. Oh, my God. And you trashed the offensive line last year, and now it's Eli's fault. It's always been Eli's fault. How has it always been Eli's fault? If you are a great quarterback in this league, you work with what you have and you make it work. Okay. You don't take, you don't take the sack before another this, defensive player hits you. That's that because is the he's, weakest trying, move he's trying not I've to get hurt, seen. and he knows his weakness. He's not trying to get hurt, and he knows what he has to do to help his everything. team be successful Red and zone win. touchdowns, accuracy, lack of completion percentage, interception touchdown ratio. Mobility. Maybe if he had he's a better everywhere. It, maybe and if he had a better teammate, I'm telling you, he's going to play better this year. Oh he God. is going to play How? better this year. How? Because there is no more cancer you in that locker Giants. room. You the, the Giants, Giants are the only team. Slate. Mike Francesca quoted, picks. the day Odell Beckham Jr. got traded, welcome back. You know what Mike Francesca New said York about Daniel Jones? Jones? Okay, I know what he said about <laughs> Daniel Jones. There we go. But we're talking about Eli Manning right now. Also, Mike Francesca, comically wrong all the time. Not the greatest you know guy. I mean, when Mike Francesco talks negatively about the New York Giants, you know it's for real and it's bad. At the end of the day, you know this what is else is point. for real? The Giants took Daniel Jones number six overall, and it's the worst decision they ever could have possibly How? made. How? How? The guy has not ever played. This guy has not played a snap of football. It's horrible. This guy is. It's horrible. You're, you're going to say this is a worse pick than Eric Flowers? How ridiculous does that sound? Eric Flowers, at least when he got drafted, sound? there was some oh, hype around him. There's no hype around him. I'm sorry. Jones. Eric Flowers has changed his position twice in his career already. He is on the brink of retiring because he is flat out bad at football. Daniel Jones is not bad at football. Yes, he, well, we, well, we don't football. know yet. He's not bad at football. Oh, well, he, his his stats right. aren't horrible. So, his completion percentage is not terrible. While you guys are his, screaming his and yelling. His win percentage is not horrible. So, his, the way the I look at he it. He played in the ACC is not horrible. Like, it's kind of undeniable to say he had a better college career than Dwayne Haskins. Problem. If Dwayne Haskins is not in this draft, we're not having this argument. But the fact that there was so, someone so much, so much greater than him, and, and plus, that was the guy you take. Plus After the, the saying you weren't going to take a quarterback at that sixth overall, that's the guy you take. They had Jones ranked as high as Josh Allen that, on their board. That literally makes me want to throw up. I do not understand why. That makes me want to throw up. I do not understand why, but they did it. This that guy makes is me now our quarterback. Up. You do not have to understand it, but you have to respect it. And I you, don't respect it. What? I don't. You don't I, how do you not respect it? 
Okay, Dawes. Let You're me ask not you going to respect what your organization does? Are you kidding me? No, I don't. I really don't. I don't under this management. Then there jump has ship. Been no good decisions. Jump ship. No, I'm not. I'm going to stick with Big Blue, but I can't root for this management. I can't root for this management. I cannot, because even I like Dexter Lawrence. I like DeAndre Baker. Away Meanwhile, from Daniel Jones in Tampa Bay, Mike. <laughs> away from that was actually Vlad Guerrero. Away oh. from Daniel Jones, DeAndre Baker, Dexter Lawrence, the great picks. But if you're trading into oh, the first you round, you were trashing them last night when you said they should have took an edge rusher over because Dexter it's not Lawrence. A need. Because it's not a need. It's not a need. You need a guy that can Are get to kidding? the quarterback. Are you kidding? You have two defensive tackles, B.J. Hill and Dalvin Tomlinson. Did, you need another did one? you not hear what Henry and Dichter just said from 60 miles away? Henry and Dichter, the only comment that he said that anybody, that Daniel Jones has over anybody is that he's going to get to learn over Eli Manning. Any quarterback that they would have drafted would have oh, had the same on. opportunity. On paper, what do you want to compare his stats to Haskins right now? Yes. That's not what we're that's, trying to that's do. That's how you draft. It's very funny. That's, that's how you draft. That's not, that, that's not entirely how stats, you draft. It's combine, a big factor. production, the conference that you played in. You missed the he most important defense. thing. You missed the most important thing. Oh, yeah. He got his Skill. college degree. Film. Yeah, the film's oh, not even close. Question, Mr. The film's Thompson. not even close. Have you, watched any, have you even watched the Duke game? Yes. What game did you watch? The bowl game. Oh, The God. bowl game that they had. First off, which they played Temple, That yes. game was disgusting as thank a better you. on that game. Thank you. He did come back, but whoop-de-doo, he beat Temple. I don't see that as a big I mean, deal. And the film, it's not. the film's not even close. Dwayne Haskins played much Dwayne better Haskins competition. Dwayne Haskins amazing comeback. We're not, we're not just talking about Beat Michigan, who has three defensive players drafted in the first oh, round. Oh, I mean, he's, right. he played right. real so, defense. You want, you, want, you want to add more fuel to the fire? Well, yes. let's talk about it right now because yes. Jeffrey Simmons does not deserve to be in the NFL. Oh, any guy that does anything like that doesn't deserve. Yeah, it. I feel like no we're on the same page here. Does not we're deserve the same, to be in the NFL. There's no argument. I am a second chance day, guy. He's one of the most talented football he's players. The, he is in the draft, only person in this first round that did not deserve to be drafted last night. Uh, we we, yeah. we we can make the argument that Daniel Jones should have been selected round two or round three, but at the end of the day, this is a humble guy. He deserved to be drafted. I mean, not not where he was. Not even close to where he was. You're telling me Daniel Jones doesn't deserve to be in the NFL? Like, did you well, no, he didn't say that. He said, the, I, I said where he got drafted. close to where he got taken. Oh, you're saying where where he was. I am convinced that he would be on the board at round three. But we're not disagreeing Ooh. with that. The, the, the way you questioned that made me confused for a second. But This anyway. would have been like if the Jets took Christian Hackenberg with the number one overall pick. We're not so arguing the pick at so this much. point. The Giants thought that Jones was a better fit for them. Over Haskins, they're not saying but why? he's better than Dwayne why? Haskins. You have to Did they give solid. reasons why? No. You know what the reason was on Twitter? Well, a big part in our decision-making was why he won the MVP give, in the Senior Bowl. Why would you want Yikes. to give away your decision-making when you're revealing you know, your potential skills? Well, because your fan base wants to know. Your fan base needs to know why you drafted He's not going to show him for three years anyway. Dave Gettleman here. Look, I don't agree with the move to go six overall, but I'm glad he's on my team, and I will support him, and I will respect this Well, now decision. you have to. Yeah, Now you're forced you're in, to. I mean, you can't hate the guy once he's on you're, your team. You you're, you're, a you're forced to, and you're still not doing it, so apparently you're not forced to. I can't hate the guy if a guy whose talent above okay. him is not in so, this draft. I can't uh, hate him. So Otherwise, far, I do. So far, the second round has been great. It really has. Not really. Um, <laughs> thanks. It's, it's, it's decent. Defensive it's decent. backs. Defensive City. backs are huge. Yeah. Uh, Byron Murphy went first overall. Greg Little, a tackle from Ole Miss, uh, the original pick by the Giants through Seattle, went to Carolina. Yep. Cody Ford off the board from Oklahoma. And then the Denver Broncos, two picks in a row. Number nine and number ten in the second round, Dalton Rissner and Drew Locke from you know, Missouri. You know who else? Miles Sanders, the running back in a Penn State to uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, so. nice. Yeah. 
Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, but he's still nowhere near Saquon Barkley, so I'm not well, questioning why, that. Why, why are you so concerned? Because we don't Why are you so concerned? We don't have a defense. Oh, but we drafted Dexter Lawrence last night to go with Dalvin Tomlinson and B.J. Hill and R.J. McIntosh for next we have year. nobody that and gets we to the still quarterback. Have, no Those aren't great names about, off the bat. I know we have to just name them like they're four all stars because they're so young. They're 22, 23 years old. What do you expect, Mike? I expect them to draft a pass rusher, the right tackle that everybody's been complaining about for 20 years. That's that that was right there in their hands twice, not once but twice. They didn't take them, and they drafted a third corner, which is needed, no problem. Safety's more of a need, right tackle more of a need, number one receiver more of a need. Hold on, you're saying. I'm saying DeAndre you're Baker saying would have been there at 37 in the right. second round today. There was no reason you to give up the fourth that. round. There's the a reason why rounder. the Giants are making these moves. You don't know that. Somebody probably told them something. The Giants won't just do it to do it at this point. And you say safety is a bigger need than cornerback? The two starting cornerbacks opening day are Janoris Jenkins and Sam Beal before this draft pick last night. That's not bad. A guy who has not played a snap of football. That's worse than Jabril. That's better than Jabril Peppers and Antoine Bethea. Antoine Bethea, a guy that's won a Super Bowl ring. Jabril Peppers. Oh, Jabril Peppers young, is not good. good. I will not. Thank you. A Thank young you. player with a lot of good potential. That's just not. I don't believe that to be true. He was terrible with the Browns. There's a reason they traded him. They wouldn't. The best They're position he played team. for them was punt returner. Yeah, which he's fine at. And the I Giants guess. will utilize him there. Sure. Yeah. Is, yeah that's no, worth sure. And they will also utilize him on the defense where. He has well, the potential to be great. Eh, well, I'll disagree there. Um, Lonnie Johnson, a cornerback out of Kentucky. Uh, and then the Jets and the Giants do not have picks in round two. No. But in round three. The cost of Sam Darnold. Yeah. It's worth it. The oh, Jets yeah. pick, oh, for sure. The Jets pick fourth overall in round in the three. Yes. Mm-hmm. The Giants pick at the bottom of the third. And then the Giants pick. 32nd in the third with a few compensatory picks after. So that was part of that trade. Um, the one uh, New England through Cle- through Cleveland. So Odell. Yes. Um, so. Wow. But history was made last night. Good history. The first time in the common draft era that multiple teams have at least three first-round selections now, I'm going to say this. We are putting the Giants and the number six overall pick aside. The two most questionable picks in the top ten, according to majority of America, they had three first-round selections. They did some moves after that, and you, you can say that they really made up for it. They really did a nice job filling in the voids, getting additional picks. They really did. I mean, to trade back into the first round like that, I wasn't expecting the Giants to do that. I, I thought it would have been for Jawan Taylor, and that would have been that would have been that would have been excellent. That would have been excellent because the, the right tackle has been a position that they needed for so long, and you could have solved the problem right there. Now you don't have a pick till the bottom of the third round, and you don't have enough picks anymore to trade into the second round. And it doesn't look like it's going to happen. And I, I thought that would have been the move. I'm not knocking DeAndre Baker. He had a phenomenal four-year well, career you are. You at said Georgia. <laughs> drafted an offensive lineman, a guy who played with one of our new, young, uh, potentially elite pass rushers in Lorenzo Carter. Do we have a right tackle? Round last year. Do we have a right tackle? We're, well, technically we do have a right tackle. It's Chad Wheeler. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He, better he did, than Eric Flowers. Did have, directly hold on, Mike. Do we have That's two an cornerbacks? upgrade from last year. Do we have two cornerbacks? Yes. Yeah. Do the math. We need two. We need two right tackles, and that would have been the guy, in my opinion. Uh, do the not, math. Not. Do, do the math. <laughs> you tried to do the math. <laughs> I listen. Oh man, it's can't, a combination. Can't get that, on the same page as you. It's because this this, and it's going to be hard to get over because uh, because of what the Giants' plan is, and the the plan is nobody knows the plan. 
That's the plan. Nobody knows it. Does Dave Gettleman know a plan? Look, I don't. I'm convinced he doesn't. Oh. The fact that you could blatantly Uh-oh. pick somebody with the sixth overall pick and then clear, sit him for three years clearly a plan. means you don't know. The plan is to start Eli, bring in these new weapons that he brought in, and he wanted to rebuild this roster, and that's what he spent the last year doing. Whether you like it or not, I personally think he did a halfway decent job at it. You brought in Zeitler, an excellent offensive lineman, Golden Tate, a veteran wide receiver. Me and Dawes were talking about it And before. you filled in the holes. You I filled in some of the holes. Danny Jones, F, B <laughs> for Dexter Lawrence, and a B-plus for DeAndre Baker. I'm sorry, but you cannot have a 350-pound right tackle in front of Eli Manning, who's going to be very slow. Juwan Taylor was one of the most athletic guys in the draft. Well, I'm not arguing that, but the point is that sometimes when you're dealing when you're dealing with these elite pass rushers in the NFL, you gotta, you know, you got to take that in, into consideration as well. Um, but uh, on that note... Dawes, your Jets did good, though. They did good. Well, I thought, I thought we you. should get that in, yeah. in this segment. I think, no controversy. I think, realistically, these next couple of rounds, if you're the Giants and the Jets, the Giants definitely need a pass rusher. They need an offensive lineman. I'm not disagreeing with you there, but you can't knock the picks that they had. I thought they were good picks. I think with three first-round picks, the ideal situation would be, at least with one of those picks, would be to add a guy that a necessary position need not add more depth. I think that's I think that's reasonable. Well, per, per, to I be just fair, wish the, the, Giant, the Giants agreed with me by not selecting Haskins. They and they picked somebody worse. I don't necessarily think he's worse. Are you? Uh, what makes? I, him I just don't know how. I'm not. I'm not having this argument for a I'm not saying that. a player is better or worse. It's not college anymore. It's the NFL. Can you got to. You got to consider that. So can you give me a valid football reason why he's better? Who Daniel Jones? Why he's valid better than foo- Dwayne Haskins? Valid football, not he. And he there's got a, a reason he degree. went to Duke. Leadership and, is football. Oh, it, what makes Dwayne Haskins less of a leader? No, I'm not getting out of here because it's true. <laughs> we got another hour left. I mean, we do. <laughs> and we also spent the first hour on the draft. Uh, you know, you got a oh, big boy. game in Mexico City this year with the Chiefs and the Chargers. That should be fun at Estadio Azteca. And then, of course, you have four London games, October 6th, the Bears and the Raiders, October 13th, the Panthers and the Bucks, October 27th, the Bengals and the Rams, November 3rd, the Texans and the Jacksonville Jaguars. On that note, we're going to step aside for another break. When we come back, we will do our Team of the Week. You're listening to Review and Preview here on liuwave.org. April 25th, 2019, the second round of the hockey playoffs commenced. And we are back here on Review and Preview. I am your host, Tom Smith, joined alongside Kyle Russo, Mike Dawes. We will talk hockey in just a few moments. You know, I won an NHL at NBC mug today at work. I worked the longest hockey game in the first round of the 2019 playoffs. The Vegas Golden Knights against the San Jose Sharks in Game 6. Great game. Great we will game. talk about that in just a few moments, but first, it is our time It is time to talk about our Team of the Week. And, uh, Mike, you're up. Now, quick question. Are we going Team of the Week here, or are we doing MLB player? Team of the Week. Team, All right, team, team of the Week, of the week okay. first. Team of the Week, I will go with the New York Jets. That's it's, it's, it's corny, that's you know, pick. it's corny, but... No, that's not corny, they that's got, a great pick. They got a big boy from Bama. Those guys are usually typically good with the third pick. I, I personally like the pick. I was complimenting him or Josh Allen, but, you know, didn't really matter to me. It, it helped me out, you know, emotionally that Allen went to seven, so 
But to get Quentin Williams, plug him in immediately, I mean, good job, Jets. Like McCagnan, you actually did a good job. Congratulations. Kyle Russo, you are next. New York Yankees, somehow in the last 10 games, they've oh, they keep been 8-2. Oh, it, it makes absolutely no sense. Uh, it seems like a player day goes down on IL as Clint Flate. Clint Frazier is the new ones go down on IL, but they just continue to win. It's it's crazy. My team of the week is the Portland Trailblazers. Yep. Because they eliminated the Thunder in five games, a team a lot of people doubted. Uh, and a team also a few people predicted to come out of the West over the Golden State Warriors, who are right now having trouble against the Clippers in their series. But back to the Blazers. They did this without Joseph Nurkic. Uh, they did this at home at the Moda Center. Shout out Travis Demers, former LIU Post alum. And uh, Damian Lillard hit that crazy shot at the end of the game. 50-something feet. Fantastic. My team of the week. All right. So hockey. I'm just going to say this. The hockey playoff is the best playoff in all sports. Without a doubt. In, in all sports. Not Everything even close. Is unpredictable. The, the top two seeds eliminated in each conference. All uh, the wild cards made it. All of our picks... All of our Stanley Cup final picks, at least one team from every single one of our picks in our matchups has been eliminated. No, both of them have done I lost both. I picked the yeah. Capitals and Nashville. I Hockey's tough. Picked you picked the, the Lightning, Lightning and the Jets. And... Both of mine are done. Yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm telling you. It's so unpredictable. Uh, the Sharks topped Vegas in seven games, one of a couple series that went seven games. Good row. The game-winning goal in overtime. Vegas actually led 3 nothing in this game with ten minutes left in the third. This is unacceptable. Look, you're up 3-1 in this series. I understand you lost Game 5 because you're in San Jose. Tough place to play. Fine. Game 6 went to, went into double overtime. Both flurry. And the goalies were outstanding. Jones, both, both of the goalies were making fantastic saves. That was just luck. Game 6. Well, flurry made a terrible, terrible move. Right, the, but... The, you the, you know, the shorthanded we're, goals. We're, we're saying you, you can't play... You can't necessarily... Single-handedly, blame, yeah. No, I understand blame what Vegas you're losing the series for losing Game Six. But yeah. you can blame them for losing the series based off their pitiful their pitiful performance in the last ten minutes of Game Seven, giving up four goals. Well, you know what happened, right? You know what happened that why they let up four goals, right? Realistically, they came back from down three-one. The Sharks just started getting good opportunities in Game Seven. There was a huge penalty. Cody Eakin absolutely obliterated Joe Pavelski. A big head injury started bleeding from his head. Oh, that's right. Yeah, no, in a five-minute major, five major, and they scored four goals in that five-minute major. Well, to be fair, I was getting there. but <laughs> I, I didn't know if you knew or not. Pavelski. Are you, Tom Scavetta not knowing that? Come on, grow up. The Sharks, he worked the game. The Sharks <laughs> were getting very good opportunities in this game, but Pavelski and Donskoy are out for game one against Avalanche. Fun fact. Uh, so that, that was a scary injury, guys. He got mutilated. No, he started bleeding. I couldn't see where the blood was coming from. I didn't know this if it was, was head or his ear. excellent work. <laughs> no. Also, I saw people on the Twitter sphere were blaming the refs. I mean, that has to be Vegas's fault. Yeah, a power play, you know, it hits 20% of the time maybe. It does. To give up four, right, in five minutes? Yeah. That's embarrassing. That is utterly embarrassing. No, it was literally four in four minutes. Oh. Look, this was a two versus three matchup. Vegas rep- represented the West in the Stanley Cup final last year. Kudos to them, just two years in the league, making the playoffs both years. Oh, fantastic. unheard of for any expansion team anywhere. This is great. It's crazy. Oh, great. yeah. Uh, another series, there were three series that went to a Game 7, actually. The Bruins and the Maple Leafs in Game 7. The Toronto fans again left disappointed. Johnny Tavares breaking their heart. Shockingly, the Bruins 
uh, do this to Toronto, in my opinion. I know the Bruins, they were ranked higher. However, uh, the Maple Leafs, come on, you got Austin Matthews, you got Johnny Tavares, you got Frederick Anderson and that. Like, I mean, what more could you want in this Game 7? They, 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 I just don't get it. I don't understand. Because Boston struggled this whole series, guys. They really did. Boston was there to be beat, for sure. And Toronto, like you said, like what else What else could they add on to help this team? I don't know. And you lost the game 5-1 too, which was pretty embarrassing. Yeah. No, uh, not, not, not showing up for a game seven? Come on. you got to leave it all out there, man. I mean, Hyman, Marlowe, Kapanen, Neeland, like do something. Eat, even if it's wrong. Just, just, oh, just, just do something. Agree. Mitch Marner, I mean, this – Oh, uh, the goalie is probably the weakest part of that team because the coaching is phenomenal. You know the offense around him is great. The defense is pretty decent. Nazim Kadri did get suspended, though, for the entire first-round series after Game 2, I believe. Yes. So that was definitely an offensive piece that they were missing. But the goalie was just underperforming. Uh, I believe his name is Frederick or whatever his last name was. He was just underperforming. Frederick I mean, Anderson, yeah. Yeah, Frederick Anderson. He was just underperforming because Boston, I mean, Boston in Game 1, I don't know if you saw a Brad Monchars. Marchand said yeah. after Game One, he said he did. we didn't we didn't expect that didn't from expect Toronto. Yeah. We thought we were going to come out come away easy. I mean, so I mean, you already saw the Boston was underprepared. Toronto didn't didn't go with that. They didn't have that chip on their shoulder. And they yeah. just wound up losing in seven games. The other game seven in the Eastern Conference this time, or also in the Eastern Conference. Excuse me. You have the Capitals, the defending Stanley Cup champion, shockingly falling victim to the number seven seed Carolina Hurricanes. We defeated the Caps 4-3 to three in double overtime. All four division leaders lose in the first round of the playoffs. Love it. That's what makes hockey playoffs so great. Because in football, basketball, that doesn't happen. The Hurricanes were dominant in this game. They out-hit the Capitals. And look, this was a series where Ovechkin, uh, you know, he really tore up Svechnikov, and he was one of their best guys. And Brock McGinn, man, oof, that overtime goal, great. Luck of the Irish right there. Brock McGinn. Uh, Tara Vinen has been really good, too. Um, look, and the, and the Caps, guys, the Caps went up early in this game. And then Sebastian Ajo somehow scores a shorthanded goal. And then they go down 3-1 because of Kuz Netsov. Look, guys, you're talking about middle, end of the third period. You're down 3-1. to one. You were down 3-1. to one. That's a problem. How did the Hurricanes come back? Resilient. Jordan Stahl in that third period late. 2.56 to go in the game, tied it up. And you must give credit to Mrazek. Made some fantastic saves. He took one off the chest on a slap shot from Ovechkin. That You felt that watching that on your TV screen. He was 19. He was 19, that kid he beat up. Absolutely obliterated. We're talking about Mrazek in that, though. Oh, Mrazek. <laughs> oh, I thought we were talking about the fight for him, and I'm like... Because I couldn't believe the strength of Alex Ovechkin. You don't realize the strength of these players unless they really put a pounding on you. Dude, Ovechkin will mess you up. Man. He put him into concussion protocol. That's how hard he hit him. That's hard. Oh, my God. So this sets up, um, yeah, uh, a, the second round. The Columbus Blue Jackets against the Boston Bruins. Bruins took game one last night. In overtime, Charlie Coyle, the game winner. The Islanders and the Hurricanes playing tonight. Stars and the Blues. Uh, that that series is one game in as well. 
St. Louis defeated Dallas at home 3-2 to two, uh, in a game of the second round. Vladimir Tarasenko, two goals that night, helped the Blues seal the W. A team that just eliminated Win- Winnipeg. Now, Jordan Bennington has been fantastic all playoffs. He, I, I, In my opinion, he's a top-five netminder in the league, especially at this stage. I mean, look what he's been able to do to a loaded team in Winnipeg. Kyle Connor, Wheeler, Patrick Linet, like, they're out. Dustin Buffu- oh, Dustin Buff- Dustin Bufflin. He's Bufflin. one of my Bufflin. favorite players. He's so he good. He hits hard. He's so good. Excellent work, Mike. Yeah, I was I was struggling with that. You saved me a little bit. But, yeah, <laughs> no, they're definitely a phenomenal offensive team. That was also definitely a big surprise. And I, I will work game two tomorrow uh, for St. Louis. I believe the Blues are home because they're the higher seed. I yes, believe they're they the are. highest seed remaining in the West. Uh, yes. And if Dallas wins this series, the Rangers get a – they get a don't they get another first round pick or they get a higher one I believe uh, no that's if they the if they trade. make it to the Eastern Conference or win the Eastern Conference championship game they then mm. get a first round pick and I I can't I'm look and I believe they get another one of Zuccarello resigns with them too I'm going look I'm going to be kind of greedy I want Dallas to win I want yeah. Dallas to represent the West in the Stanley Cup Finals yep. at this point Zuccarello would love to see it yep Ben. Jim Montgomery has done a really good job managing that team. I mean, Berube has been great too, but Jordan, Jordan, uh, Jim Montgomery, yeah, real, real good. Uh, yeah, so the Eastern matchups, you got the Bruins and the Blue Jackets, led by John Tortorella. Uh, and the Islanders against the Hurricanes. Stars, Blues, Avalanche, Sharks. That, that series will be, be fast. Those are some fast skaters on those teams, especially the Avalanche. Love me some Colorado. Tell oh, you yeah. They play tonight. They're such an electric team to watch. I 10 mean, o'clock it's in San Jose. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you got uh, the uh, Sharks guys like Jim Thornton, Logan Couture. Of course. Burns. Pavelski's Burns. Pavelski, who won't play tonight. Don, Don Scoy won't play either. So that might give the Avalanche a chance. But, yeah. uh, look, if I had to put my money on it right now, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Realistically, I'm going to say Dallas. Like I'm going to be kind of boring. I'm going to say Dallas and Boston. But Columbus has a shot in the series. John Tortorella, oh, yeah. fantastic job. They just swept the President Cup champs. Real, really good hockey being played by these Blue Jackets. Uh, but let's transition to baseball here. Earlier this week, Albert Pujols tied Babe Ruth on the RBI list. Fifth place all time at 1,999.92. Kyle Russo, you have an update on that. Albert Pujols has now Albert surpassed Pujols. Lou Gehrig. He has surpassed. Oh, that was on the script too. I don't. I just got an update on that, but that's on the script. Yeah, he has passed Lou Gehrig. I just got. I. That's why I didn't understand because it's on the script, but for some reason, I just got it on my phone. Kyle. So. Kyle Russo. This is review and preview. Oh, this says he tied. Oh, this says he tied. That's this is review and preview, I folks. Apologize. Here on the wave, the I sound apologize. of liu. Remember, you can call in. Questions, thoughts, comments, 516-299-2030. Mike, take part in our live show. And you can call us like Hank did earlier. Um, yeah. Hockey's been great. Baseball's been great, too, though. Uh, the Pujols still playing in this league. Somewhat at a high level. Uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. makes his major league debut tonight. Ooh, I have a little update on You've him. You've been scoreboard watching. Mike. Oh, yeah. As a big Vlad guy. 
you know, came out of nowhere. But first at bat, a ripper to first, 0 for 1. Then he hits two absolute missiles to warning track. So he is 0 for 3, two warning track power flyouts. Nah, so, yeah, it is a bummer. You got that right. He's raking, though, so far. Oh, he's yeah. Hit, he's hitting it pretty well. He is, definitely. So, so you know. Yeah, tough. Update on Chris Sale. How's he been doing? Well, still 0-4, 7.43 earned run average. Yikes. 24 strikeouts uh, in five starts. Not good. <laughs> yeah. Well, not Chris Sale numbers, but just... Uh, just this is not good. Yeah. What, take a little questionnaire right here. What is the issue with Chris Sale? Because I, I, I can't figure it out. You, you achieve the highest level of victory that you possibly can. You win the World Series, and everybody says... Oh, it's like a it's like a fear or something that he's having like uh World Series uh what is it called? Uh World Series slump. Like World Series of, hangover. Yeah, yeah, yeah hangover. Yeah, yeah. That's what it's called. But I, I don't believe oh, that. Kyle, you eighteen year old. I don't believe that. <laughs> I don't uh I, I don't understand how you could go from one a Cy Young candidate to, to this horrible. At this time we will play our NFL draft bed as um, we do have a pick that is live and in. For the Jets? No. Okay. Made me nervous. We're going, we're going to update you on another pick that has just transpired recently. All right. You ready? Yep. The pick was Disaster a, a, AJ, AJ Brown. Tennessee. Co- cousin of Antonio Brown, it's selected Tennessee. by the Tennessee Titans. Nice. 19th overall in that second round. Yep. I messed up, had other things playing, didn't know that would happen. <laughs> All good, Mike. Uh, so, Classic um, mistake. We will, get, we, we, we will do our uh, little routine there for, oh, yeah. for, for the Jets in the next round. Uh, but Sale is not doing good. At this time, though, let's go over our player of the week, and then we'll, we'll take a break, and then we'll come back. We'll talk more about the Mets and Yankees. But uh, realistically, it's been a great week. It's been a quiet week in baseball due to, you know, the draft NBA playoff oh, yeah, game sevens, sure. hockey game sevens. Mike, I got my who player is week. your team, uh, player of the week? I will go with the Ranger, Texas Ranger slugger Joey Gallo. He hit four home runs, 11 RBIs last week. That's an OPS of 1,654. Usually uh, a league average OPS is around 700 for a real slugger. I like it. He doubled that in one week. So... Joey Gallo, well-deserved. 11 RBIs in one week is tough. So. Yeah. That's my player of the week. Kyle Russo, you are next. My player of the week, obviously, before he went down, Clint Frazier was one of the hottest players in baseball. Oh, yeah. uh, last three games that he played, a total of five RBIs, two home runs. I mean, and this is a guy that didn't make the team last year. And, and you just see what he's doing on a team that's decimated with injuries. It's really nice to see. That's my player of the week. My player of the week, we're going down south to Houston. The Astros. Ooh. Josh Reddick. Uh, you know, his first six games of the season, he's been hitting well, hitting 480 in his last seven games. Uh, so far this season, 375 average, three home runs, six ribbies, 27 hits. So. Josh Reddick has been a force, still at the age of 32, playing at a high level. Just goes to show that age doesn't always matter in sports, whether you're north or south of the north or the average. Not in baseball. That's true. 
On that note, we're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we will talk about the New York Mets and the Yankees. You're listening to Review and Preview here on liuwave.org. Good evening, and welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Mike Dawes and Kyle Russo here in the studio. Hour 20 down, 40 to go. We're going to talk some New York Mets baseball. The Mets lost two out of three to the Cards this past weekend. Uh, last week, we told you they beat the Cards 5-4. to four. Saturday, they got hammered 10-2. to two. Chris Flexen started that game. Four and two thirds, Mike. He stinks. <laughs> I'll never forget last year. They sent him out to Vegas, oh. and then he came right back, and then he got sent back out on Monday. I'm like, the last 24 oh, hours life. for Chris Flexen, uh, farm problems having your AAA team on the other side of the country. Now they're here in Syracuse. Yeah, I mean that was really bad to have that in Vegas. Yeah, that was so bad. Tough, yeah. tough times for the Mets. Uh, this terrible start by Chris Flexen was highlighted by six runs and seven hits. I'm not sure highlighted was the right word, but you get the point. Four walks and four and two-thirds. That led up to Sunday. The Mets fall in game three of the series, six to four. Thor, Noah, Thor, Syndergaard, five innings pitched, four runs, eight hits. Uh, yeah, not good. However, he did hit a dinger in this game. He did hit a home run. Peter Alonso. Hit a solo shot as well, and that was that. The Mets lost two out of three to the Cards. At this time, Mike, oh, we have a major NFL announcement. The Miami Dolphins are trading. Oh boy! For the Arizona Cardinals quarterback Josh Rosen, in exchange. The Cardinals will receive pick number 62. Which is right now. Right now, the Cardinals are now on the clock. The and pick, the pick is in. The pick is in. So we will wow. get back to that in just a few moments. You know, <laughs> Kyle Russo, when we were in break, he actually brought up a fun fact. You know, because we're, now we're talking about Josh Rosen, how he was drafted last year. Three picks before him, the number seven pick. Josh Allen picked by the Bills. Number seven this year, Josh oh, yeah. Allen picked by, who is it, Jacksonville? Jacksonville. Yeah. Look at you. we got to see if this ain't Josh Allen's fin- extra. i got to be on point Finally, some, point. some common sense. <laughs> oh, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, but yeah, I love it. That's, 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 uh, that's great. But, you know, on, on that point, we'll start making fun of ourselves again as we talk about our lovely New York Mets. Uh, the Phillies came into town this week, Monday night. Mets beat the Phillies 5-1. to one. Steven Matz, the Long Island native, good start. Uh, oh, yeah. Six-inning start, six strikeouts. You stayed up for this, Mike? Did not. <laughs> Just one run and three hits. Alonzo has two ribbies. Guys, Peter Alonzo, 21 RBIs. I mean, this guy. Oh, my goodness. Fantastic. This fantastic. is what this is what they needed. Dude, he, might get, he might get to 100 RBIs this season. So he's been unbelievable. Off to a great, so he's got, you said 21, and it's still April? 21 RBIs, 26 hits. He's hitting 306. How many home runs? Is he still Ooh. at eight? Is he still at eight home runs? Yeah. Uh, wow. Alonzo, yeah, eight. I mean, if he's getting 20 RBIs a month. Look, just saying. We're, we're still not out of April. 
Yeah, I like to times the numbers by six for the months of the yeah. season. Well, I'm not going to get crazy and say they have 100, 200 RBIs, but... And I'm doing the Gator clap in honor of his alma mater, Florida Gators. I had no idea he went to the Florida Gators. Well, well from Tampa. learn something new every day here. You do learn something new every day. Um, that is for sure. And in this game, Alonzo had the two ribbies. McNeil hit his first home run of the season. Very impressive. Uh, Alonzo and McNeil also got hit by pitches in this game. Bryce Harper got tossed. Oh, yeah. uh, He's crazy. Always a great Mets game when you win. Your young guns play well, and Bryce Harper gets tossed out. Oh yeah, he Love was. It. He came out hot. He was. He was incredibly like angry. I mean, I've you know it's a classic Bryce Harper. He's due for, I'd say, one of these every couple months. As you all do know, yes, uh, Bryce Bryce Harper, man, I just. He's a hothead for sure. Yeah, he is a hothead. Um, as you all know, this show is revolved around the NFL draft, and I know we are talking Mets, but we do have this pick that was just in for the Josh Rosen trade. Mike? With the 62nd pick in the 2019 NFL draft, the Arizona Cardinals, in this pick that was just in, in exchange with the Miami Dolphins for Josh Rosen, select Andy Isabella, wide receiver, UMass. Name sounds made up, but... Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He, he looks fast in his highlight tape. He Never does heard of look this guy. fast. Uh, and you know, uh, you know, one of the last, really, the last good UMass wide receiver, Victor. Oh, of course. Cruz. Of course. How can we forget? Um, yeah, and Harper, in, in arguing with the umpires, though, in this game, arguing balls and strikes, seemed... To push the head coach into the umpire, Arietta called him out after the game. Turmoil. Yeah, I like that. This definitely transitioned into game two because then the Mets beat them up nine nothing. Zach Wheeler, is Zach Wheeler back? He looked back. I mean, eleven Ks and I think five innings, six innings, but seven. He, se- oh, seven. Sorry, but yeah, you know he looked real good. I mean, if we can get this Wheeler again, then that's that'd be huge because you know we have. The huge question spot with the you know the Chris Flexen starts and the Jason Vargas starts, so they kind of need Wheeler, yeah. like need they, him. They really do. They really do. He was one of the best pitchers in baseball for the second oh, half for last sure. season. Eleven strikeouts in this game. He also had three RBIs and a solo home run in this game as well. How wow. could I not bring that up? I mean, raking with the bat, love yeah. it. Uh, bad news though. J- Jacob Rame throwing a fastball over the head of Reese Hoskins. Suspended for two games. Every rose has its thorn. I mean, and this I, was for sure for the Mets. I mean, Jacob Ram, we, we all think he stinks because he because he does stink. Was it intentional? Uh, yeah, it was intentional. Yeah, it was probably, intentional. Yeah. Um, tough cookings right there. And Todd Frazier made his season debut in a game the Mets lost six nothing. Final game of the series. Not only did he get a hit in his first at bat, he hit a grand slam. Yeah, I mean, I'm not the really Todd, Todd Frazier guy, back. but yeah, what a way to come back. You want to see his back going a little bit, though, because oh, yeah. his first season with the Mets, he had a horrible batting average. Oh, it was terrible. Yeah. Well, his batting average will be horrible. Well, yeah. Will he supply power with it? Hopefully. Hopefully. that's Because he's not supplying power, and he's hitting 200. Look, I'm telling worthless. you, Todd Frazier making up for his missed time, let me tell you. Good. Uh, if he started this whole season, he'd probably have three or four hits more than he is now. <laughs> yeah, three or four. <laughs> um Vargas pitched this game. Unfortunately, he did go four and two-thirds, gave up just one run and three hits. Lugo was good, but the Mets lost. 
Nimmo left the game Tuesday as well. I don't know what's going on with Brandon Nimmo right now. Oh, every other day is hurt. Yeah, it's it's insane. And then uh, the Grom is back from the IL, though. It's good, very good news. That's a good sign. That was scary stuff. And he'll be pitching this weekend, right? Is he pitching tonight? Well, he, actually, the game is rain-delayed right now, but I think he was on slate to pitch tonight. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He was. I'm not he sure was. if the game is just canceled or... No, no, the game is... No, the game... Oh, delayed start. Delayed start. Delayed start. Uh, okay. Chase, Chase Anderson is his counterpart in this game. He's uh, terrible. Chase Anderson, 2-0 and on the season with a 3 oh. ERA. Ooh, sorry, Chase Excuse Anderson. Excuse you, Mike. Undefeated. Um, Rain was actually optioned to clear the roster spot for DeGrom. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. Uh, yeah. And then Jeff McNeil also, uh, last Saturday, became the fastest Met to reach 100 career hits. Congratulations, Jeff wow. McNeil. Have yourself a day. He or has been unbelievable. A week. He should have been my player of the week, but, mm. you know. You had a good one. We went other ways. You had a good one. Yeah, don't, don't beat yourself up. You yeah. did good. Sorry. Um, also, the Mets are the first team since 1908 oh. to have a home run from three different pitchers in their first 25 games of the season. Breaking records. Wow. You have fun? Uh, yeah, that was yeah. That's interesting. <laughs> fun yeah, fact. We, oh, yeah, Wheeler, DeGrom, and, uh, what's his face? Syndergaard. Oh, boy. Yeah, I forgot his what's name. His face? Can't forget that face. <laughs> yeah. um, did not look like that 10 years ago, I'll tell you that. But the series against <laughs> the Milwaukee Brewers this week, uh, the, the Mets, as of right now, 13-11, uh, and 11, tied for first. This is a Mets team that they need to do well in this series against the 500 Milwaukee Brewers. Kind of surprising. The Grom yes. slated to go against Chase Anderson tonight. Tomorrow, Noah Syndergaard against Woodruff. And then, of course, Zach Davies on Sunday against Steven Matz, which should be interesting. Zach Davies has been great this year. But let's get to the Yankees. Let's they're, do it. They're 14-10. and 10. Right now, their record is one game better than the Mets. They are second place in the AL East, and they started making moves, million-dollar moves this week. They released Gio Gonzalez Mm. from the minor league deal. I don't get it. I don't. Well, I think they had to either call him up or release him. Is that a factual statement? He had to be on the 40-man roster. Gotcha. And, I mean, I would have let somebody else go. I don't know who. I would go through it. But Gio Gonzalez, I mean, he could have been – that, that that should be your guy right now who should be on the roster, especially because yeah. Severino has no timetable right now. He should definitely be on the roster. He winded up signing back with the Brewers. I don't know if you guys saw that. Yeah. He signed a one-year, $2 million deal. He is back in Milwaukee, which the Mets will be seeing this weekend. And, you know, the Yankees' bats have been alive. It's great. You know, a lot of people are saying, oh, the Mets have been hitting really well. The Yankees haven't. Well, the Yankees have still been hitting, even though Jeff McNeil is contending for the batting title right now. However, uh, Clint Frazier... Had three hits in a game this weekend. Two ribbies. Talkman again. Three RBIs Mike Ford. on Saturday. Mike Ford out of nowhere. Then then five nothing uh, in the eighth inning on Sunday for the Yanks. And Chad Green comes in, implodes. So bad. Can't get now. So love bad. it. Also love it. He's so bad. <laughs> Adovino tried to help. Gave up three runs himself. It's Royals take bullpen. a six to five lead. I don't get it. The bullpen was supposed to be the strength. It's the worst part of this team right now. I mean, it's classic baseball. You can't play it on paper. That's just classic. You can't. Everything goes wrong in baseball. The best part of this game was Austin Romine. Yeah, coming up clutch. Home run and then the walk-off RBI single. Yep. Who needs Gary Sanchez? 
They Yanks. do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, they do. They Yanks do won true. that game 7-6. to six. <laughs> the, the, Domingo Herman back to his old ways. No runs, four hits, and six and two-thirds earlier this week. In a game against the Angels. You know, the Yankees had a pretty good week. You know, they won the series against the Angels. Uh, they beat up on Kansas City a little bit. They won the series against Boston. And the they Angels. had some solid games. It's just that... You know, you wonder what's the timetable on a lot of these guys. When is Sanchez coming back? Yes. Frazier just went down. Uh, Stanton reported that he had a step uh, setback. You know, when is judged there's no return possibly. Is uh, this good? No, this is not. I don't, I don't, I mean, it can't be any more blatantly obvious than it's not good. I don't know, it's just like, uh, no, it's, it's awful. It's really, really bad. And what's crazy is oh, of they're beating quality teams. Right? Like, Kansas City's not the best, but they beat Boston, Yeah. who on paper is a quality team. They haven't been performing great. And they beat the Angels, who are a solid team. And I, uh, I couldn't explain to you how they're doing it, but they're doing it. With the names that nobody knows about, Mike Talkman, Mike Ford. Gio Urshela. They're Look, both named the Mike. The Yanks. Yeah. Great name. The Yanks have won. <laughs> the Yanks have won eight out of their last ten. This week. Look, Chad Green again was horrible this week in Game Two of the series against the Angels. Chad Green was horrible again. Kyle Russo. Uh, just <laughs> a third of an inning this time. Four runs, three hits. Yikes! But Brett Gardner had four hits in this game. Yeah. No, he's. He had a terrible start to the season, and now he's really going back to that slugging percent. What's crazy is at one point in the season, Tom, he led the Yankees in home runs, which was absolutely ridiculous. But he now did. he's getting his bat on the ball, and it, it's been great. He could officially be our leadoff guy again. Because uh, <laughs> at one point he was the not deserving of it, not deserving yeah. of it. Um, oh Sabathia God. had a good outing this week. Mayhu had a three RBI game. Luke Voigt, uh, Kyle Russo. This AAA team has looked good for the Yankees. 8-2 in their last 10 games. Did you, did you just go to the Yankees' AAA team? Yes, I did. Uh, well, better than your Mets. So. Somebody wrote it on okay. the screen. Oh, somebody. Kyle Earhart. Mr. Earhart. Mr. Earhart. Currently at that Islanders game. Yep. Let him enjoy himself. Clint Frazier to the IL, as you said. Uh, the Yankees lose to the Angels 11-5 to last night. Rightfully... Rightfully, no, um, we will say. Um, look, <laughs> this was not a good game last night. You can't go in and give up 11 runs like that. The bullpen continues to stink. Stephen Tarpley and Joseph Harvey gave up five runs in three innings. No, point three innings. Point three. They were they came in in the same inning. Uh, it was point one right. innings. You're right. It was point one innings for Tarpley. He gave up two, and I believe Harvey came in for point two and gave up three runs, so yeah. five combined. Yeah. This bullpen is just horrific. Uh, Chad Green, abominable. He's uh, just awful, despicable. Abominable like a snowman? He, no, because he's not cold. He doesn't have ice in his veins. He's, he's awful. That does a phenomenal comeback. He's he's horrible. I don't know what's wrong with this bullpen. I don't. I really don't. Well, the Yankees will be out by the bay tonight. Continue to win, though. In San Francisco. They're playing against Bumgarner. That's going to be tough. Maybe we'll fly you out there in a few minutes, and they'll get some luck. Uh, no. The time Every time I go, they wind young. up losing. So uh, Paxton against Bumgarner. Excellent pitching matchup. Bumgarner just 1-3 on, th- on the season. 3.66 earned run average. Paxton's Tomorrow, been fantastic. He has. 
Uh, Hap so far, 2-2, two and two, 3.10 ERA, but his last few starts have been like all-star-like starts. And then uh, tomorrow, J.A. Happ against Derek Holland. And then Sunday, you got Domingo Herman carries his 4-1, and 1.75 ERA team leading against Derek Rodriguez for the Giants. And then, of course, Monday they're off. So we'll see. We will see. The Paxton against Bumgarner matchup I'm really, really looking forward to. On that note, we're going to step aside for a quick break. When we come back, we have another draft pick to update you with, and we will end out our show the last 20 minutes talking about the NBA playoffs and what's to come. You're listening to Review and Preview here on liuwave.org. Welcome back to Review and Preview. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Kyle Russo, Mike Dawes. Uh, we just finished up our baseball talk for the night, and before we segue into basketball, Mike, the second round of the NFL draft is officially adjourned, and the Seattle Seahawks were on the clock. Yes, they were, and we have an update for that. We do. <laughs> With the final pick of the second round in the 2019 NFL Draft, number 64 overall, the Seattle Seahawks select DK Metcalf. Finally. Wide receiver, Ole Miss. What a weapon for Russell Wilson. Yeah. What a weapon. They traded with New England for this pick. This is really excellent. Probably the top-rated wide receiver on paper, even though Marquise Brown was taken in the first round last night. DK Metcalf is awesome. Great hands. You know, he's just... He he just he's injury prone, and that's something that Seattle needs to look at. Considering Doug Baldwin is another guy on that yeah. roster that's also injury prone, but if that lineup stays healthy, man, Russell Wilson, I mean, he's got some weapons to work with. So the third round is now underway. Zach Allen was picked first in that round, defensive end at a Boston College by the Arizona Cardinals. Steelers pick is in, and then the Jets are picking in just two picks from now. But let's get to the NBA playoffs. So. The Eastern Conference, Milwaukee completes the 4-0 sweep of the Detroit Pistons in a closeout game that Giannis pours in 41 points. This is the first time since 2001 the Bucks have won a playoff series. More importantly, Detroit has 14 straight postseason losses. That is the most in NBA history. Disappointing. I love it. Milwaukee was great. I don't, I don't know if Milwaukee was great or just in those first three games, Detroit was that bad. I think it was a very good combination of both. I, I like mean, Detroit had no chance. Like, I don't think they didn't. If you have a healthy Blake Griffin, like, because even in Game 4, Game 4 was close. And Blake Griffin was playing with a bum knee. The next day he had orthos, uh, orthoscopic surgery on his knee. He definitely, uh, he was definitely a warrior out there. Yeah, he was. He I mean, if he's uh, healthy, some, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they win the series, but he def- they definitely pull a game out, maybe forced to. I, I, I don't know, but... I mean, definitely deserving for this, for this Milwaukee team. The dominance is absolutely incredible. There's no question about it, but I think it's definitely underlooked by the fact that if you have a healthy Blake Griffin, this is not such an easy series as it transcribed. What? I, I, first I, off, I got to take on. it. A healthy Blake Griffin, Bucks and four. Come really? On. Yes. Yeah. I don't think so. Because he gives you that defense. You're not scoring 120, 130 on him with Blake Griffin on the floor. Who's going to stop Giannis? At least you have Drummond and Blake Griffin in the paint. Come on. To stop him. 
I mean, maybe like if the Pistons were playing someone who's not the Bucks. The Bucks are just the best team in the East, in my humble, very humble opinion. So I would have to disagree. So would you say Pistons in five? Who's the better I mean, team uh, in the Bucks East than Milwaukee? Come yeah. on, Toronto. Not at all. Oh, get Toronto. Out. Get, get out of get here. Get out of town. Toronto is no, like, better. No, like, get out. Uh, no, no. Dude, they I, lost I game one to Orlando. Off a clutch shot. A clutch shot. I mean, DJ Augustine is going to the Hall of Fame, so. Like, that was one of the most clutch. That was so clutch, <laughs> that shot. It was. Uh, that's why they won that game. And Look, then what have a guy the next t- four? They absolutely obliterated. When you have a guy Orlando. on your team named Malcolm Miller, I cannot take you seriously. Malcolm Miller? Yeah, I don't know who that is. It's a joke. Mac Miller? Yes. Oh, yeah, no, I got okay. that. Uh, <laughs> rest in peace. Look, rip. Um, yeah. So realistically, uh, Milwaukee best team in the East. Not without question. Okay. Uh, they will go on in advance to play the Boston Celtics, the Toronto Raptors, beat the Magic in five games. Siakam had a great game, three scoring 30 points. Most and improved. A, a close game, really one of the closest games in that series. Game four, the Raptors blew out the Magic 107-85. to Leonard led that game with 34. And then in game five, Siakam again, 24 points. He's really the player to watch for this Toronto team oh. the remainder of the postseason. I'm a what? huge fan. Not Kawhi Leonard? Yeah, but everyone knows Kawhi Come Leonard. Come on. We're what? talking about Pascal Siakam? Pascal, Pascal. Siakam. That's his. Is he your Come most on. improved player of the year? I go D'Lo. All right. Because he was just unbelievable. But Siakam, second? Yeah. He might, he, yeah. I mean, he might win it. I mean, he's, he's unbelievable. Look, yeah. he's one of those rough New Mexico State Aggie players. Good. Yep. Good for him. Uh, and look, his mindset will get him to that next level next year, I think. And Kawhi Leonard actually said that. So, have yourself a series. Mm-hmm. Sixers beat the Nets in five games. Disappointing. Disappointing. What are you all uh, happy about? Oh, well, the Jets are up there the picking right Jets now. The Jets are on the clock. The um, Jets are on the clock. So, uh, there was a huge brawl in Game 4 where Jared Dudley and Jimmy Butler both got ejected. I like it. Was the Dudley Love ejection it. bigger than Butler in that game? It, it really it was because they were plus twelve with Dudley on the floor. Like they literally could not afford to lose him. Yeah, and they they, they did obviously. But was... listen, as much hate as Embiid get, he is very very smart. I mean, think about it. If he gets ejected in that game, if he throws a punch or if he starts fighting, the Nets arguably could win that game. If he did, because Jimmy Butler is. Not even I don't even think he's the fourth. I don't even think he's the third most valuable player on the team. I think it goes Ben Simmons. No, I think it goes Joel Embiid, Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, and then Jimmy Butler. They could not afford to lose Jared Dudley in this situation. That's what they did. Yeah, um, I think realistically the Jets, um, uh, not the Jets. Excuse me, I got distracted because the Jets just picked, yeah. but the Nets. Nick Mangle. Close. Yeah. So that was. That was great. Um, but the Nets, unfortunately, could not overcome adversity. Game 5, Embiid went off 31 points, 16 boards. Uh, Nets lose 122-100. Overall, do we say this was a good season for the Nets? I mean, considering the death trade a few years back to get back into the playoffs as a sixth seed? I would say yes. Not even the playoffs part. Well, obviously that helps. But the fact that they found a potential superstar on a team that was had no draft picks... So, yeah, I would rate a very successful season. They got relevant, finally. So, 
they stopped being the joke because Brooklyn was the joke of the league after that trade. I mean, that was unbelievable. Yeah. So I would say successful season. At this time, Mike, the New York Jets have just picked in the NFL draft. Please do the honors. With a 68th pick in the 2019 NFL draft, the New York Jets select Ja'Kai Polite. That defensive is end, Florida. Phenomenal. That pick is sure. absolutely phenomenal. Um, you know what? I'm going to SuperBowlTickets.com right now. From Daytona Beach, Florida? 11 sacks this year. Oh, in the SEC? Yep. Oh. <laughs> phenomenal, phenomenal pick. Sure. I mean, I've heard that a million times, but hey. 20 tackles for loss out of 45. So, I, I have a question. His last name is Polite. Polite. Yikes. He's a big old defensive end. He's not going to be too polite to he that offensive line. He will not be polite. Yeah. That, that is a, that's called a value pick. That is a phenomenal value pick. Hey, and that goes to show you. Well, you know what that means, too, line. right? By drafting that linebacker, Darren Lee may be on the board. Oh. Yeah, trade. Worthless. You know I love him. To wrap that up, that adds to a solid defensive line. Uh, Quinnen Williams, Leonard Williams. Good. Good for them. Uh, so, the Celtics take out the Pacers in four games without Victor Oladipo. Indiana unable to rack any game. 110-106 final score. Seventh Celtics scored in double-digit figures. This was a good series for Boston, winning all four games. But... I don't think this will give them any momentum into the series against the Bucks. Why? Marcus Smart is out, not playing, and realistically, this is a problem because you weren't really battle-tested, and now you're going to go from the Pacers to the Bucks. That's a big, big yeah, jump. We haven't seen, you big know, like forward. they played the Pacers, so I don't think the injury like came into, you know, like it wasn't a problem yet, but like, now... When they play the Bucks, I believe you said. Like, this Boston team is just, they're not a good team. They're not going to be able to compete with this the, team. They'll go as far as they're fact, not a good team. The, the fact that Indiana kept it as close as they did, where they literally had a chance in every single game, they, they never beat them by a margin bigger than 10 points. Yeah, but Indiana's not a bad team either. Without their super, their only superstar, and then you look at that Boston lineup, this you're going to tell me, close. hold on, you're going to tell me. Uh-oh. You're, you're going to tell me the starting five of Darren Collison, Wesley Matthews, Boyan Bogdanovich, Thaddy Young, Miles Turner, and two excellent bench players in DeMontis Sabonis and Tyreek Evans. That's a bad team. It's not better than Kyrie Irving, Jason Tatum, Al Horford, Gordon Hayward, Jalen Brown. It's not better than that. Uh, Aaron Baines starts, by the way. Aaron Baines starts over who? Oh, Jalen Brown, maybe? Marcus Morris. Also, as a Kings Morris. fan, I hate Tyreek Evans. He stunk on the Kings, and now he's all good with the Pacers. What's up with that? You know what? Shout out to Gordon Hayward. I was not a fan of Stephen A. Smith when he accused Gordon Hayward of taking minutes away from other players. This is a man who overcame a devastating leg injury. And hold on. Gordon Hayward led the Celtics in scoring in this game with 20 points. Gordon Hayward, have yourself a day. Stephen A. Smith's a clown. Three for three from the three-point line. Of course. 78% from the field. Excellent work, Gordon Hayward. Uh, as we get to the West, the Warriors and the Clippers head to Game Six. That game will be taking, will be tipping off in uh, just a few minutes from now, probably in about twenty thirty minutes. Game Five was pretty good for uh, the Clippers. I'll tell you that uh, after losing to the Warriors one thirteen one hundred five in Game Four, Warriors take a three one lead. Does that sound familiar from three hmm. years ago? Interesting. Remember the last time the Warriors blew a 3-1 lead? Oh, yes. Remember it like that would a couple be years the ago. story of the NBA playoffs because then it's literally anybody's game. The best part was that the Warriors lost this game five in Oracle. 
Game five is usually where you got to shut it out if you don't want it to go seven. Because game six, the underdog's going back home. Yep. That's what, what the Clippers are right now. And realistically, Lou Williams is the best bench player in NBA history. Oh, I mean, I say it every week. He is amazing at this sport. Yo, dog, 33 <laughs> points, 10 assists. Don't... A double-double off the bench. Who does that? I will agree, the best player off the bench. I mean, it's unbelievable. Well, if I'm going to be honest with you, the, the two best players on their team, Lou Williams, Montrezl Harrell. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. University of Louisville taught him well. Mm-hmm. He scored 129 points against a Golden State Warriors team, a team that doesn't play much defense anyway, besides Clay Thompson, Andrew Bogut, Kevin Durant. You get the point. Uh, of course, Draymond Green, but Steph Curry, no defense. Definitely not. Yeah. Uh, look. Durant had 45 points, and you still lose. Gallinari, 26 points. Nobody talks about him. Trez, 24 off the bench. This is my... And how does Patrick Beverly get 14 rebounds? That's what I want to know. Scrappy guard and deep. I love... Kyle I mean, Russo, that's like team. saying you can get 14 rebounds against the Warriors. That's offensive. <laughs> I just, offensive compa- I just compared Beverly. you to Patrick Beverly. How's that's that offensive? offensive to Patrick Beverly because I am nowhere Ooh. near oh, the skill that Patrick Beverly it's, has. It's, it's a reference, dude. The abilities on, that he dude. has to get into people's dude. head. He's the closest thing to Dennis Rodman that I've, I've ever seen. He gets in everybody's head and does it cleanly. He's not like Marcus Smart. He does it clean. Oh, no, Joe Ingles does it the best. No, he doesn't. Yeah, he does. No, he does not. And Joe he... Ingles does it pretty well. I'm not better than you. I'm not more skilled than you. I'm not more athletic than you, but I'm still better than you. Classic I'll Joe. Still, I'll still beat you. You um, know, he, I don't know if you guys watch the show. He really looks like Toby from The Office. Yes. Yes. Yes, he does. Cornball City right there. Denver, San Antonio. Heading to Game 7. Okay. Uh, San Antonio forcing a Game 7, winning by a final score of 120-103 in Game 6. Jokic dropped 43 points, 12 boards, 9 assists, 1 assist away from a triple-double for a 7-foot guy. For a center, that's not not too uh, often that happens. Triple-double center. Not too shabby. Uh, This game was great last night, uh, but the Spurs were just too much. They were just too much because nobody else really joined the party in this game. No, no, nobody else. Nobody else wanted to advance besides Jokic, Aldridge, and DeRozan, both with twenty-five plus. Derek White's been great all series, and Rudy Gay with nineteen off the bench. You have the vets that are able to do this, and what Greg Popovich does in the playoffs is what any good coach does. He shortens his bench. He takes the best guys that have proved themselves all season long. Your three bench players are probably three of your oldest players on the team. Marco Bellinelli, Rudy Gay, Patty Mills. They know their role. They've been there a long time, and they score, and they play defense. And that's what the Spurs team does. Mm. And they will drain out Denver to the point where if they don't advance, Portland could have an easier round two than slated. What does that do uh, to the – what is it – oh, sorry, that was you. I was going to say, watching the San Antonio team – they are just so efficient from the mid-range. Not many teams shoot mid-range jumpers as much as they do, but Rudy Gay, Aldridge, and DeRozan are money from mid-range. They obviously have three-point snipers, as you name them, yeah. off the bench. I really like the Spurs team. I do expect them to win Game 7. I do, too. Uh, I, I think they will eliminate the Denver Nuggets from Ooh. the 2018-2019 NBA playoffs. What do you think about that? Take hot. It is flaming hot. Um... The third series in the West, the four-seed Rockets 
take down the five seed Utah Jazz in five games. Uh, we'll recap three games, starting with game three, because we talked about game one and two last week. Game three, Rockets won by just three. Six players scored in double figures. In a losing effort for Utah, Donovan Mitchell had 34. He's great. Uh, right up 95 in Greenwich, Connecticut, uh, where oh, yeah? he's from. Yeah. Well, and then the Jazz bounced back in Game 4, 107-91 win in Utah. Donovan Mitchell also led the way with 31 points. The only problem is he's the only player that can consistently score on that team. Everyone else is good at defense but not scoring. Rubio, very true. Rubio, defense, passing, Gobert, defense, blocks, rebounds. Favors, same thing. Jay Crowder, same thing. Ingles. Ingles, same thing. He has thing. like a little corner three shot. That's about it. Maybe Crowder too, but yeah. Ingles is more consistent than Crowder. But Definitely. Crowder was great in game four, though. He had like 12 points early on in that first quarter. Uh, he was good, but uh, not enough. Harden and Capella, the defensive strategy worked to an extent, but not enough to eliminate Houston from the playoffs as this potentially sets up a Golden State-Houston round two matchup. If Golden State survives the Clippers, who would have thought that Golden State would be one of the last two you know, potential semifinal round teams that get out of round one. Nobody. They're still fighting for a spot in round two. They're not in. It's it's absolutely crazy. And Clippers well deserved. But uh, is this is this does this have to do with locker dynamics? Does this locker room dynamics with the Golden State Warriors? Does this have to do with just unpreparedness, thinking that it's an easy first round out? I think Golden State may be taking uh, L.A. a little bit too lightly. Um, the crazy thing is though they can just turn it on whenever oh, and get hot. But my problem is this year their bench is not as good, and they're a year old. Their bench, they're they're not a deep team. Uh, you look at their team; it's mostly old guys now. There's not any young guys on that team anymore. It's an old team. It's Curry and Thompson are probably and Dr- Draymond are their three youngest guys. I mean Durant is thirty. Like Bo- Bogut is like thirty four. Iguodala, old. Livingston, old. Yurepko, old. Did I miss anyone? Oh, Quinn Cook is young, but you know you, you get the point. So you said they're underestimating the Clippers. Do you know who else is underestimating the Clippers? The Houston Rockets. Do I need to explain? Yes, please. The Rockets already flew to Golden State for the next series. Really? If the Clippers win, they have to fly back to Houston because they'll be hosting the series. Oh. Very unlikely that will happen, Ooh, but to just really? fly to Golden State... Is just such a power move. I saw that this morning, but I didn't pick up on it. Yeah, I mean, I that's that. amazing. Also, just random Vlad Guerrero, first time will be hit, top nine. Tie game, double nice. down the line. So, nice. But yeah, that is a, I've never seen it before to just go to the Golden State. Doc Rivers actually reacted to the Rockets already <laughs> flying to the Bay Area. Um, this is tough. Um, it's... <laughs> Let's hope we can win tonight and create some travel issues for everybody, Doc says. I just really would like to see them back on a plane. Heck, we'll take them with us. Wow. Crazy. Wow. Oh, my God. Sports is crazy right now. Let me tell you this. Doug Baldwin may be forced to retire due to a number of injuries he suffered over the past few years. So now that explains the Metcalf pick. Doug Baldwin's future might be in jeopardy. As an NFL player. That's a shame. That's a shame. But we have one series left to go over, and it's my favorite one. The Portland Trailblazers take the Thunder down in five. They take the Thunder down in five. They won game four, 
111 to 98. Lillard, 24. McCollum, 27. Aminu, 19. Should I say any more? <laughs> Paul George at 32. But look, this this was a game that Portland just flat out dominated. They dominated because Russell Westbrook is not good as the star of a basketball team in the playoffs. Do we overvalue the triple double? I like because yes. I feel like it's it's a blindfold on people. You see the triple double, but you don't realize how many. He missed twenty shots, guys. Twenty shots. He, he missed. Can't run he the took one hundred and eleven shots. I believe he missed seventy of them in this playoff series. Oh my gosh. He took about forty three pointers, and I missed. And I think he missed about thirty of them. That Tough. is not Tough. how you win basketball games. No. Yeah. no, it's not. And Paul George is one of the best players. Oh, he's when it comes to efficiency, defense, one of the best. And Russell Westbrook, you really look well, at his stats, and he's dragging this team down. Why does Paul George want to play with this clown? I'll, I'll say it. I'll say it. Clown. Yeah, I mean, it's the same It's the same Kevin Durant effect. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And then what a – it couldn't have been a more appropriate way. The best shot of the playoffs so far. The best oh, yeah. game of the playoffs so far. Game 5, Portland – uh, OKC Tuesday night. Lillard drains the game-winning three from like 50 feet out to give him 50 points for the game and to advance Portland to round two. Uh, Lillard um, is crazy. Players with 50-plus oh, yeah. points in a series-clinching win, Damian Lillard, Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley. Two decent players. Damian Lillard did it twice. Remember that series against the uh, Houston Rockets? When Dwight Howard was on the team at the time, right? Remember? No, we're yeah. saying series clinching win. No, I I, I know that 50 was twice. points in a series clinching. win? That was twice. Oh, oh, well, I don't he know hit if a buzzer beater. Points, I'm not sure if it was fifty. I think it might have been a series clinching win. I don't know if it was fifty points, but yeah. To, to have two series clinching buzzer beaters though is yeah. wild. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. That is a wild stat. Uh, and Portland will go on and advance. No game solidified in the West yet, but we know the East. What it will be: Bucks, Celtics, Raptors, Sixers. All right. Sad news in the NBA. John Havlicek, former longtime Boston Celtic, passes away at the age of 79. Apparently, Mike, he was having heart issues. No, Parkinson's. Par- yeah, I saw on Twitter someone said. I think he was having heart issues, too. I, I mean. Sure, it's a combination of things. Yeah. But no, definitely a sad. sad loss. As a team, he uses the old Celtics in 2K. He's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. That's a shame. Uh, we send his prayers out to him and his family. And friends and former teammates, colleagues, coaches. Uh, Suns actually fired their head coach, Igor Kokoskov. So there are now. Nice attempt. I love it. Four head coach openings. Four. So it'll be interesting to see who takes the Suns' job. Apparently, they're trying to get Jason Kidd in LA now, which, I mean, that should be interesting. (laughs) Yeah. Who, that should definitely knows? work. J- Jason Kidd, Tyron Lue. I mean, you guys got Luke Walton out in Sacramento now. So. Oh, yeah. Um, last topic of the night, Cole Anthony declared and chose UNC. Um, I know somebody who woke up at 8.30 in the morning to watch this happen live on TV. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Is this person you? No. Oh, okay. It's not me. <laughs> is this person you? Um, it, it is Kanan. He called into the show once before. Ah, yeah, we participated in our March Madness bracket. Mike's was, like, yeah, I don't remember who that is. No idea. <laughs> that, was, that was the time that UNC actually lost that game, remember? Yeah. They lost it by 20 points. On that note, uh, we hope everyone enjoys their weekend. Thank you very much for tuning into our show tonight, the NFL Draft, up to pick nine now in round three, Cincinnati Bengals on the clock. On behalf of... Of Kyle Russo and Mike Dawes, I'm Tom Segveta. Tune in next week for another 
much-anticipated NFL draft review on the show. We'll start talking second-round NBA, second-round hockey, more Mets and Yankees baseball. Technical operations were done tonight by Mike Dawes. Our production assistants were James Montefusco, Kyle Russo, and Kyle Earhart. I'm your host, Tom Segveta, wishing you all a good evening. You're listening to Review and Preview here on The Wave, the sound of LIU. Good night, everyone.